So we're here with uh, Paco Rollins. He's on a goddamn pilgrimage across the Bible Belt to see what's going on. You got you to go to Oklahoma or you don't know what it's like. Yeah, right? <laughs> how are you going to know? How are you going to know how windy it really is if you don't know? Yeah, I heard some tornadoes were coming. I needed to check that shit yeah. out. <laughs> Today, uh, today's the anniversary of the, uh, uh, there was a the big more tornado. I'm sure if you read, if you looked into any of it, it probably came up. I think today's the 30th is the... They had that big fucking tornado. Yeah, we, I remember it. What that was 2013 or something. Yeah, yeah. So this is national fucking news. Yeah, but they're gonna. They say. It, I mean, I don't know. We've all been talking about it kind of all morning. It's, you know, like it's gonna be the end of the goddamn world today, and we're like, yeah, well, probably gonna rain a little bit. Yeah, every Stop time. It. Good. That's what I'm hoping for. Let's let's have it just be one giant, no big deal. <laughs> just be just no problem. Or you get a good storm. You know, you get a hell of a storm, dude, and then we get hail, beat the shit out of the trucks and. Fucking be sad about that. That's a bummer. <laughs> so you have been um had when when did you start tattooing or when did you get into tattooing? I did my first tattoo when I was twenty. I'd like to claim from about twenty four on, but really those other those other years were pretty formative and they all count. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um what uh how long I, I would I mean you 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 tattoo still you're you're still oh, doing tattoos yeah I'm still, still I'm still doing tattoos I've been doing like a being a flaky appointment guy for the last couple of years but okay then I jump back on I've I've gone back and forth for years where I really like the whole daily street shop hustle the whole thing and then it'll do my head in a little bit I'll back up be an appointment guy for a couple of years and just throw myself back in on that end and then. Where do you live at, or where are you doing all this out of? I live out on Vashon Island, which is a, it's an island right outside of Seattle, between Seattle and Tacoma, Washington. Is it, is it, I mean, if you're in Seattle, it's it's accessible, right? Like, you can get on a ferry or yeah, something? Yeah, you, you can get on a ferry from Seattle or Tacoma or from the Bremerton side. Okay. Yeah. So it's not, it ain't no problem then? No, you just drive your car right on the boat. And, and then um, you're the only shop on the island? Yeah. Dude, so it's good, it's an okay setup. So, it's it's a great setup. That that's it. That shop I passed it on to the guy I've worked with for years. He's the only apprentice I've ever had, and uh, I passed that on to him. His name's Casey Buxton. It's he changed tattoo, and he and so he's 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 kind of running it now. He's tattooing in it every day. Oh yeah, it's it's his. He pays the bills. He opens it up. Oh, okay. Day. Yeah, I pass, like you still walk in. It's all. All my collection of stuff is in there. Like you you walk in, the shop really hasn't. Change, but he's running shit. Yeah, it's his now. And if he ever burns out, he can throw it back at me, and I'll hold it down. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. How long? How long have you been building machines for? I've been building machines. I did my first machine, like frame and everything from scratch in '97, and then I turned it into kind of a business when my son was born in '99. Because you know, eighty hours a week in a tattoo shop is hard to be. A, a father and an obsessed tattooer. So, yeah, yeah. So I started kind of taking the hobby of building tattoo machines. Everybody around me I made stuff for them. I was using them, and that started to keep me around to raise my kid, honestly. So I, he's 20 now, so that's I can always time my machine career part of tattooing directly to his age. So, so you started pretty, yeah, so it's the same. So now what, um, how, how did you, I mean, did somebody teach you? You started doing it? Or the public you, library, man. I was reading books from the late 1800s and 
On, on coil magnets? On, on magnets, yeah. Doorbells and coil magnets. And it's funny, like, all the technology that we're using in tattoo machines is really fucking old technology. Yeah, it's super simple. <laughs> yeah. We can, get, we can get lost in it, or we can just look at it for the simple mechanical apparatus that it is. Yeah, yeah. So there... Um, I mean, have have you gone around and you build machines with a lot of dudes? And I'm sure you've made a lot of other, you know, other friends that are building machines and stuff. Or did you ever build with anybody else? Or was it mainly just... I just kind of hit out and did my own thing. Okay. Was it... How hard was it to get parts to build machines back then? Or did you have to make them? Uh, had to make them. So you got like a lathe and you had... You had... Yeah. And then uh, ultimately I work... I'm living in a region where Boeing is, so there's tons of little local job shops. So I don't want to sit and machine every coil because I would like to continue to have a life where I'm doing some tattoos and some yeah. other stuff. Yeah. And I also don't want a half million dollar screw machine because that's another entire career where you have to pay off this fucking giant machine. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, fuck that. I want a, a row of drill presses. I want a row of, of grinding and sanding machines and I'm not a machinist. I'm a fabricator that fabricates to really super tight machinist tolerances. Okay. So, so, so you have a production, like you, you've all, I, I mean, I've always seen you had a production machine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always had, I've always wondered why have, are you still sticking with this? Or, you know, your tube vice, you get, you know, you've been doing the same one. How was that the one that was back then? Or do you still? I actually, I started making that tube vice because all of the old steel tubes in the shop were just crushed to hell with tube crusher vices to where they wouldn't fit in things. So I oversized the hole in my tube vice so it would just accept any crushed wrecked tube. So then when disposable tubes became the thing, it happened to work real good for those too. So I was like, okay, cool. I didn't have to change it. So, so there's no problems. No problems. Are the frames, are are your frames, like on the production ones, are they are they are they are they bent or yeah, they're all bent? They're all and bent. some of them, some are, uh, I do the one model where it's half bent and half welded together. Yeah, but how did you? Is it? I mean, how did you think to bend? I mean, was that was that a thing a lot of people were doing back then? Or no? In fact, a lot of people were like, "Oh, I don't like bent ma- machines or this or that." But I didn't care. I liked it, and I started beating them out around a a bench vice and some blocks of metal and. I enjoyed it. I'd, just, seen, I'd seen some other bent stuff that really was no big deal, but for some reason I'd never seen a bent brass frame before. So I made so you started started making them. Uh-huh. So it's, it's like origami, though. I mean, you have to lay it out flat and then fold everything down and mm-hmm. do all that. But it's one it's one continuous it's one continuous one continuous yeah. pieces. So I mean, that has to have an advantage for that, you know. It's just one deal because I've seen people bolt. I I don't know, you know. I've seen like the Paul Rogers ones where they're bolted together, and I'm I wonder if you know. I'm like, is that like? I mean, how fucking hard can you screw something down to make it, you know, not vibrate? Or is it like welded and I just don't see it? Or if it's brazed and I just don't see it? Real real often the bolt together's wind up being brazed together as well. You just don't see it. Because I always see the bolt heads, because when I it's make kind them... kind of a look, I think. Uh, yeah, because I like I love the look, but I'm like, was it for real you just bolted that shit? And you're like, it's going to be fine. I've done, I've done some frames like that where I go through and then I braze them together after bolting you, you together. You bolt them and, grind, and tack them. Yeah, and then grind all the little faces off. And, and it gives you the cool little holes, little mm-hmm. brass holes. 
Do you do you like to braze or weld? Um, I like to weld. Even my braze stuff, I weld it and then I just put brazing. So over it. <laughs> just decorate it up because a lot of a lot of people. I I like how it looks. You know, I like the gold look. I yeah. I do like it. Um, and I've heard people go back and forth like, "Oh, that's not strong enough." And I was like, "I don't know what the fuck you're doing with a tattoo machine." That like I don't think you're brazing is strong. If you braze correctly, it should be stronger than the metal around it. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know what kind of heavy duty shit. I don't know if you're like, you know, digging up your yard with the tattoo machine or what, like what you're doing with it. But if you're going to hold it atop a tube for a while, it should be strong enough. That should be okay. You know, but if you also, if you drop a machine and it breaks, it's probably... I've no, I've never seen that, but like I've heard Eric was talking shit on you that day. That fucking single coil machine. He's like, this thing's fucking probably gonna fall apart. And he's like, and he just dropped it on the floor and it just stayed in one piece. You're like, it's pretty much the test right there. <laughs> he's talking all that shit on, it, and then he accidentally dropped it and just just stayed in one piece. Well, and didn't well, fucking there you go. It's solid. <laughs> there you go. It's fucking fine. Yeah. Um. When. So you. You're still, do you, do you have a very large clientele out there? You're still tattooing a lot? Um, I'm trying to tattoo very little for the last number of months. Um, I've spent my whole career in the same part of the country, though, so I've got as much clientele as I want at any given time. Is that where you're, is is really that where you're from? Um, I was born in Milwaukee, raised around Sacramento, but I've been in the Seattle area since I was 19, So okay, so it's home. So that's okay. Yeah. And you're gonna play. You're playing on. You're just gonna. Yeah, I don't. I don't plan on going anywhere. Are you traveling around? Are you travel? Do you do you travel around quite often? Yeah. Some sometimes I pick it up to where about half of my life I'm on the road, and then other times I'll try and sit around and really just take care of business at home for a year or two, and then I'll get. So to just kind of as, as you feel. Yeah, as, you as feel. I feel. Yeah. So uh, that's that's why we all got into. At, doing wild weird shit for a living yeah you know? yeah <laughs> do whatever you feel like yeah you like you want to do whatever you want forever you're like yeah yeah sounds and as sick. long as you're willing to work yeah. like three times harder than every person <laughs> right than people who have jobs because i always wonder i see people I'm like so you just get home at six and then just chill like you just don't ever think about work again you know and they're like yeah and i'm like i don't even understand that like i get home at six i'm like wow i better think about work till tomorrow and then do that again all day until tomorrow and do it again. Yeah. You know, never. And never. well, it, I mean, I feel like, you know, tattooing is the thing. Once you stop chasing it, like it just gets farther the fuck away. Like you never, you never catch the dragon. You know, you get close. <laughs> you always think another dude caught him. I always notice that. I'm like, man, I feel like everybody's fucking got this nailed the fuck down, dude. And I have no idea what is going on. But then I talk to everybody and they're like, I feel that way too. And I'm like, so no one knows what's going on. And that's, that's pretty much it. Tattooing is the pearl we're all chasing. <laughs> right? I was like, has anyone got it yet? And they're like, I know a guy who got close. You know, you're like, all right. So what's at the end of the rainbow? They're like, it's more work. <laughs> like, you know, if you're successful, it's more work. Like, you don't get paid anymore, really. It's not like you retire. Like, you know, you just stop doing it. So Second job gets in the way of your first job. Yeah, whatever you're doing. Um, what? Is, has has machines become more lucrative or less lucrative since you know? Because if you started making them around then, that was you know the internet wasn't real viable. When when how did the internet affect you know how how you were doing business and how and how things were working and you know was it better or worse? Oh, absolutely, the internet was great. <laughs> so yeah, now you can yeah. see, yeah, yeah. I got I made a website. I think it was. 
2002 or 2003 and that that really helped but really i was running around even before that doing it just what i'm doing right now that's always been the most successful way for me is to just go and yeah i put my face and product right there well then when people meet you face to face too it, it, it immediately you know they're people are like oh okay i know what's going yeah. on you know i like you now that, and, and when they see you around too and then you start having a lot of friends you know then you start making some friends yeah you get you get to stay connected to this industry and see what's actually going on i'm you know so um how do you I mean, we were talking about conventions a little bit, you know, at, at breakfast. And I was just saying, like, it's not as, just not as, you know, not as good. Like, it's just not as fun, not as good, not as. Yeah, I, I haven't really been doing a lot of conventions for a while. Um, there seem to get to be a whole lot of them. And uh, they've become almost a little bit impersonal. I, I have a tendency to really like small, almost like podunk shows if. Oh, and me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's because I show up, meet a few people, and then I just tattoo my ass off the whole weekend. And on a big show, I hang out and talk with everybody, shake hands like I'm a politician or you something. Say, yeah. And I'm not really looking to be Are a you, politician. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you forget names. You, you make a big line, a big long line to forget fucking names. Yeah, and then it's just overwhelming, and I feel like a dick the whole time. I can't fucking remember. And then I have a funny sound and fucking name, so you're going to remember my name real quick, but I'm going to be happy like all. All right, so I met four Robs today. <laughs> met seven Joshes, four Robs, six Zacks, and I was like, "Did they fucking name everybody in the goddamn nineties? Everybody from the the fuck, you know?" We're all named Josh. Everyone's name's Josh, Brett, Brad, Brandon. There's a million Brandons, you know. So yeah, I'll I'll do that. I try and I try and say better, but I have the same problem. People remember my name, you know, because it's not like a fucking cartoon. So mm-hmm. people remember my name forever. Yeah, and then I try and remember everybody else's. But the small show, you can go around and you can meet. I feel like you can meet everybody, and you kind of you have like a strong chance of knowing who the fuck is there. Absolutely, and through that weekend, you'll bump into you know the same dude, same dudes, and then by the next time you bump into them somewhere else, there was enough that it actually sank in. Yeah. So now, yeah, now you're starting to meet mm -hmm. them. So, and honestly, that's the upside of traveling around and seeing people right in their own fishbowls everywhere because then you're right there. Yeah, I like that. I like guest spots a lot better than I like, you know, conventions than I ever have. And because it's like I have to take all my shit and do a guest spot along with everyone else doing a guest spot. And it's fucking, you know, that's kind of a pain in the ass. It's usually fairly expensive. I feel like, like, we got a deal in the hotel. I'm like, how much is it? Like, 300 a night. I was like, fuck off. It's too much goddamn money. I was like, I'm sleeping in this motherfucker. I ain't living here. Like, I'm just, I just need to sleep. Like, how much is a cop? Yeah, I'll tell you what. If if they were more like a family reunion, I'd probably be doing a lot more of them. They seemed more like family reunions when I started off. Yeah, that's what I, I hear from everybody. Like, oh, you go and see your friends. You know, you mm-hmm. go and hang out with your friends. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, I just go and fucking. I meet four people I know really super fucking well, and then 700 strangers, and then I tattoo a lot, or I'll wait for the weekend because people come and they're like, I, everyone's trying to make enough money to make it worth it, mm-hmm. and then you show up. And everyone's like sweating the first two days. You know, Friday, I don't even know why conventions have a Friday. Like, I shouldn't even go to them because they're fucking trash. And then you show up, don't do shit. And then everyone's like, yo, I want to get tattooed. I'm like, rad. And then Saturday, gets busy, it gets better, you see people tattooed. And then Sunday, everybody comes over. And it's pretty much like a big fucking swap meet. You're just trading shit. You end up trading a million prints with everybody, this or that, or machines. And then on Sunday, you tattoo whoever you're going to tattoo or sell whatever machines you're going to sell. 
But it's usually, I don't understand why it's got to be a goddamn cliffhanger for fucking three days. It's only a cliffhanger if you're worried about it. If you went there with a good enough attitude, go to the fucking tattoo show, go have a good time, then it shouldn't fucking matter if you make any money at all. And then if it doesn't matter, then I have a tendency to find that if I don't care about making money at a show, I do fine. I love the shows at casinos. That's my fucking favorite. Because I'm like, I don't care about anything. I'm going to go fucking run it anyway. So let's see. <laughs> Whatever money I do make, let it ride. Toasted. <laughs> toasted. <laughs> Dude, but I like seeing um, when you go to the airport, like, uh, on, like, you know, Monday, like, everyone's going to the airport. And, like, you see a dude, you're like, I know that guy's a tattooer. But you don't talk to him. <laughs> like, you still, you still don't talk to him. I know that guy's a tattooer, but I'm going to stay here. This is my gate. Like, this, I got I to gotta be here. I got to make sure I stay here, get here early as fuck so I can wait. If they decide they want to leave at the same time, you know, if everything wants to work out. But um, have you, I've never been to any overseas shows. I've never been, I have, I have no idea if it's the same thing or if it's cooler. It's rad. Um, I went over and I did a, I've done a few shows over in England with my friend, Sean, who, uh, Sean Evett, he was putting on a show over there. Uh-huh. And uh, that was a kick. It was, it was like, I jumped back 20 years and it was still like everybody knew each other the way. Just the jive of things was really pleasant. Like it was like everyone was excited. Like oh, I want to go see all my friends. Yeah, yeah I want to go. And they weren't. It, they weren't giving a shit if they were making the money over the weekend. They wouldn't when care. people would come up and be like, "Oh, oh cool. Oh, how was your weekend going?" They weren't asking if you were making any money. They were like, "Oh, dude, you having a good time?" Be like, "Yeah, having a great time. <laughs> dude, having the best time." Hey, you. I, you know, I used to stress about the money. Nowadays, I don't stress. I'm not stressed about the money part of it, but just the whole, the whole, you know, shuck and jive of it of 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 having 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 to run it all. And I'm gonna be in London. Why? I just have. I'm gonna. I'm going to London for the first time, and I'm gonna happen to be there when that show is there. And I'm like, I'm gonna go as a spectator, and it's gonna be fucking awesome. I'm just gonna go. Be like, so what are you doing? I have to do nothing. I don't have to do anything here. Like I. Like, I didn't pay, and I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> like, I didn't have to take all my shit here. I'm going to do the same thing I would do anyway, which is not be at my booth and do whatever the fuck I want the whole day. That's the best way to ever go to a convention. That's it right there. Just go have a great time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I'm never in the booth anyway, you know, because I remember I always sit around, and it's always some guy who, like, looks through books and then just talking about a tattoo, and you're like, I don't care. Like, I don't care if you get it or not because there's 45 other people. And then I see the people that are real stressed. And those are my favorite guys. The guys are like glued to that fucking table. Like, but then they don't want to do anything. No, they don't want to do anything that's hard. They're like, hey, I want to get some words. And they're like, I don't do words. I, yeah. only, I only do this. And I'm like, dude, you better fucking start doing words. Maybe if someone sees you tattooing, or I, the people, the bring, the bring, uh, the bring my clients people. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I flew a guy. We're gonna tattoo him for three days. He's gonna fucking die, right? And then hopefully we win an award. And I was like, I don't know if I'm into it. I'm- I like to tattoo regular people with regular tattoos at tattoo right. conventions. In fact, if I really want to stay super busy at the booth all weekend, that Friday I always watch for the people that no one else wants to tattoo. That's me. Yeah. yeah like, oh, okay, who's carrying around their Google papers? <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> hell I'm yeah. Like, oh, who just got turned away from there, there, there? I'm like, oh, I do kanjis and names. Come I on. I do any tattoos. that shit. Do all, all the, that's the Josh. And then they'll be loud as fuck, you know. You get you get a fucking big old group of rednecks around you. Hell yeah, you know, bunch bunch of cats straight out of the hood that everybody's like, "Oh, what the fuck? I don't want to deal with these people." I'm like, "I do. 
These fuck them going to have a great time. Now I'm surrounded by people who are all hooting and hollering and yelling and having a great time. I'm the only booth with all this action around it. I'm banging out fucking $50 little fucking <laughs> names, but I'll be busy the rest of the show doing cool shit because apparently I was the one who had all the people at the booth. Oh, the right, right. And I like, yeah, well, and then it's always fun and they all think you're awesome. Like, it's that crowd. They're like, dude, this dude is fucking cool. Like mm-hmm. everyone else, I was nervous to talk to you because I walked by some booths and it's like, like, why, like, why are you, you know, you should just put a no, no trespassing sign up to a fucking plastic goddamn table. <laughs> Like, there's no way to look tough at a fucking Rubbermaid table. I don't know if you knew that. There is no way to look that fucking tough at a Rubbermaid table. Some people think there is. They're like, dude, if I sit here and I fucking hate everyone that walks by, that'll be good. I was like, why? Why are you doing this? Or that one show we worked to where they were, there was a bunch of guys tattooing fucking synthetic cans and arms and stuff like that. And they were like, I haven't, I haven't made money all weekend. And. We fucking tattooed a bunch of people who walked up and they were like, yeah, I mean, we talked to like 15 people already. None of them would do this. Me and Randy were like, Perfect. sit down. You want a lily with a lasso around it? Hell yeah. <laughs> you want a fucking rose with one love written in the petals and a no peace problem. sign in the other yeah. petal? Got, Got it. it. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, even it was that, that show was so long ago, but me and him still talking about it. We're like, that was fucking fun. That was super fun. You know, it, I had a really fun time. You know, it's like mostly color portrait tattooers, and we were the <laughs> only ones like banging out just walk ups. Yeah, I can write that with ropes. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. sure, sure. Fucking A. Yeah, I like that. Um, what, what, how do you, how do you even care about the rotary thing? Does it even, does it even register as a fucking thing to talk about in your life? I keep trying them. They haven't, uh, they haven't wooed me over. Like, I, I don't want to be the guy who's just like, oh, Oh fuck this shit! I'm gonna just do it this way. I, so I've tried. I've probably tattooed with about thirty different rotary machines, and nothing's won my heart. I, I can tattoo faster, cleaner, and less painfully with a coil machine, and so that's what I do. I think the engineering on some of these are pretty clever, and I think a lot of them they're super nice. I've seen some that are machined and they're fucking beautiful. They look at you know you're like wow this is really nice you know, but. Like, I don't, I don't know if it's maybe just me because people are like, well, it's just a better tool. It's just a different tool. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's a different tool. I was like, but it also does not look cool. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. It doesn't look cool. There's no way to look cool. You know, it's the same thing. It's like, how do you look? You know, you can't look, you can't look tough at Rubbermaid table and you can't look cool tattooing with the rotary to me. I've never seen anybody else like, fuck, that guy's cool as fuck. You know, but I remember seeing like Clean Rock One tattoo on a line, and I remember seeing because he had sideburns that went down to his ankles, right? Like he, that's how he <laughs> lived his life. He's like he was just like he's like a cartoon fucking. He's like a rat fink monster as a person, right? And he's just and he. I remember him doing his tat, and he had this fucking this thing's fucking running like a million, right? It's like wow, you couldn't even talk so goddamn loud. He's all oh, and I was like that is fucking tight. That is cool. Like that looks like aggressive you know then you see the other guys now and they're all they got some headphones it's, on jesus it's, fucking it's connected you, to their you watch. don't look and i'm like i would rather you do a little less good tattoos and look cool the whole time mm-hmm. but it's the same reason i won't wear like a neck pillow on a plane because it's fucking looks lame <laughs> i can't i was like i just have a broken neck whatever so i so i look cool to myself because i know other people are like oh you can do that and i was like not that soft i'm gonna have to just sit here and be uncomfortable for three hours because I can't do it. <laughs> and the same thing, and it's quiet, too. I'm like, now you have to talk. Did you know that? Like, now that there's no sound between you and anyone, like, 
just dead goddamn silence. Because I've seen that too, where you're just, you know, they're tattooing. It's just dead fucking silence. Like it doesn't. I've always found that a little bit strange. Most tattooers that I've worked around, we can all turn our brain off and just open our mouths while we tattoo. Give them, give them that little bit of comfort. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, you work beside me, you're going to hear the same 30 stories get replayed and repeated, and I'll know all of yours as well. Yeah, but or the same. Fine. The same. The same dad joke. Yeah. The same dad joke for. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a fucking for tattoo, that's my that's my favorite, especially saying to other people. And I'm like, how's that feel? I don't feel anything at all, and I laugh <laughs> every time. Right here, <laughs> yeah. I don't feel anything. How's at that all? feel? And they're like, it's okay. And I was like, I don't feel anything at all, and I fucking laugh every time. And I've been saying that for ten years. <laughs> Everyone when I heard it, I was like, wow, that's a great joke. <laughs> yeah, every time. Where does it hurt the most? You know, right at the tip of the needle. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've never heard that one. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say, people are like, they're, wherever they're getting tattooed, where's it hurt the most? Right where you're getting it. And they're like, what? Are you serious? Yeah, right at the very tip of that needle. Yeah, like right at the point. <laughs> yeah. If I could pick one place, it's the pointy part, you know? I'll tell people we got the soft needles. Hold on, let me look. I think we got we got soft. Let me get the soft needles. I'm like, really? And I'm like, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing you're gonna do is gonna make this easier. It's gonna hurt the whole time. I always, I, I always try to ask people what, how they feel about how tattooing was like in the '90s versus versus how it is now because it's, um, you know, it's always it's always a topic of debate, and I always see people online, and they're always, it's always like, well, these fucking kids don't know, or back in my day, or this and that, and I know some people that are like. How they, it's not been a thing for them. You know, they're like, I don't mm-hmm. care. Like, it's fucking still tattooing to me. You know, there's just more people in it. And I think we were talking about it, and the guy's like, I, you know, I've heard somebody say too, like, yeah, dude, like, there hasn't been a large number of tattooers. There's been a bunch of guys who do tattoos that are around now, but there hasn't been a large number of new tattooers. It's changed a lot, but it also hasn't changed a lot. Well, I think we like to uh, say, oh, it's, it was different back then, or it was this or that. But really, I think that uh, even way back, way, way back, I think, you know, you'd teach a guy and then he'd open up next door. And when I was breaking in, everybody's like, oh, back in the day, that didn't happen. But then as I it, it keeps around, saying I, that. I realized that uh, back in the day, that did happen. It still happens. <laughs> back in, you're like, are you just repeating the same shit another guy said? Because we were like, Back in the day, you get your hands broken. I don't. I swear to God, I do not know one first or second hand account of that happening. I don't know if you have. I ask everybody. Yeah, it's yeah, still there real. Is. It's real. That's real. <laughs> that's real. Because I think people throw that around super loose. And I was like, you know what it takes to break a motherfucker's hands? Like it's not some fucking willy nilly shit. Like I feel like you're real goddamn serious if you're gonna break a dude's hands. But a lot of people throw that around. You know, I've actually heard more of it rather than entire hands being broke. I've I've more heard of just like inconsequential fingers being smashed. Yeah, just fucking. Just, <laughs> Where it's like, oh, we didn't end your career this time. <laughs> just fucking shit like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I see. Uh, yeah, a, a lot of people say that. A lot no of people, more doing dope in my shop. Just some <laughs> that fucking kind of shit, shit, shit like yeah. that. But I, I don't know. I was like, was it really like if a guy opened up and you're like, I'm going over to break his fucking hands, and you're like, dude, I feel like it takes an extreme uh, amount of pissing somebody off. To smash your fucking hands. You know, I've I've never heard of that actually happening for with a guy who opened up up the street or anything. Anything I've ever heard like that, it always wound up seeming more like it was like a family problem. I feel like people were saying that then because the people were saying that in 95, 
like back in the day. And then what about in 85? And they're saying back in the day. And I was like, when does this train go? Where is the root of this train? Human beings love the nostalgia, whether it's real or not. Well, like whether it's real or not, we just love the nostalgia of yesterday. And it was always better yesterday than it will be tomorrow. Is it? Is that? Because I've asked people, I was like, what about the first Thermofax, dude? Were people like, bunch of pussies got a Thermofax, you know? Like, no, the first, the first Thermofax is people weren't even telling other tattooers that they discovered this shit. Because they were like, yes, uh-huh. this is fucking sick. Because it wasn't for tattooing, it was for schools. And we, I remember we, yeah. we were talking about that. Because I was like, what the fuck was Spirit Paper for? And then when it stopped, the company, you're steady making Spirit Paper. Like, it takes, like, you have to intentionally make fucking wizard paper. Like, it's not like, oh, is this press still running? Like, there's a guy in the office, he's like, is that shit still running? Who's buying this? I, know, I, was I, like, I, I loved it. I, I looked at, at you this morning over breakfast, and I was just like, oh, oh it's making dittos. Remember dittos? And y'all looked at me with All this face, no. Okay, yeah. nobody remembers dittos but me. I was like, but. I was born in 89. I don't remember anything. <laughs> you like, remember when this came out? And I was like, no. Like, I don't at all. You remember pagers? I was like, when I was a baby. And I like, I remember my cousin had a clear one. And that was a cool one. was a clear Fuck, one. Yeah, dude. But then I, he came out with alphanumeric where you could text, put a text sh- message on it, dude. Do you? But you couldn't do anything about it. You could just read the text message. <laughs> You're like, okay. Gotta get to a pay phone, dude, and make a phone call. <laughs> um but what i mean you know i know what what was it like like i mean were tattooers in the 20s and 30s were they like you don't fucking know what it was like in the 1891s dude you don't know nothing about that shit <laughs> I, like, I like to think so <laughs> yeah I, like, I hope there was just a grouchy motherfucker dude who was just like i got so you do goddamn tattoos with electricity yeah what a pussy <laughs> what a puss i do them by hand still Someone ought to go over there and break his fucking hands. And you're like, have you heard about that? And he's like, I heard 1791 they did. They used to, back in the day in England, they used to go smash people's hands always. And you're like, okay, all right. But there wasn't, there couldn't have been, how many tattooers were in the world at that point? And, you know, let's say like 1900, just flat. How many fucking were there? Was that even a job? Was that a thing? Because I, I know there was a sideshow thing. Because, I mean... Who the f- done it done in the in the closet of a tavern or yeah there's uh, stuff like that like that one guy we heard about here from like yeah, the fifties he was there, doing they said there was a guy in the and- small town up here they said in the barbershop he'd give you a tattoo mm-hmm. and they said and and I've been trying to find out about him because we haven't found shit in Oklahoma like everyone's like I don't know I don't know even Lyle Tuttle was like there's a guy named like Cowboy Bob the only no. only guy we've heard. First-hand accounts of is Johnny Dragon. Johnny Dragon. That's the oldest, but that's he's still like only like seven. Is it seventies, eighties, eighties, and nineties? Eighties and nineties. Okay, that's the oldest we can find but for I, Oklahoma. Um, you know, and how until we heard about the barbershop guy? Yeah, how many? How many? I wonder how many there were, and I wonder because when did electricity become? When did the electric tattoo machine? It was like 1895 or something, yeah. 18. Like that. And then Samuel Riley made it. Or did he just patent it? Do you do you know? Do you know about it was Samuel O'Reilly and then then Wagner and was he that was Wagner his apprentice? Yes. And then he just put the coils in line. Mm-hmm. But that was what a doorbell was already doing, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Were doorbells new then too? Was that new technology for then? The doorbells, or was that around? 
I don't know when the doorbell first came around. The doorbell was around before the tattoo machine. And then they just took a doorbell. Yeah, but the doorbell would have shown up shortly after, you know, electricity in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, around that. Mm-hmm. But I, and then, um, I mean, how many people were making machines around, around then even? The people who would make tattoos would have to make them. Would have to make them. I've seen a bunch of little where they'd actually alter doorbells and make little carnival tattoo machines. And, yeah. Yeah. So it was really just like tearing apart the Walkman and to make and make jail, a tattoo machine. Jailhouse cat gun. Because the, know, but. <laughs> um, Wagner was selling them, Percy Waters and Zeiss and Jensen and, you know, all those guys, all those guys coexisted at the same time, didn't mm-hmm. they? Like they overlapped at they some o- point. They'd overlap, yeah. Yeah, at some point. But I remember Milton Zeiss, I remember somebody saying something online. They're like, yeah, you're fucking, you know, trying to sell home tattooers and sell machines, doing all this. And then somebody posted that Milton's Ice thing. It was like, you can learn how to tat at your house right now for 25 cents. And they had that fucking, you get 75 tag ads today. Yeah. Look at look in the back of an old uh, popular mechanics or yeah, something. Yeah, or the, bill, the Billboard magazine. Jensen was, <laughs> or yeah, you had the ad. Yeah, they didn't care about that shit. They, they were just trying fuck, to make dude. money, dude. They were trying to, fucking well, because there was name out a lot of tattooers. So how are you going to sell tattoo supplies to seven tattooers? Yeah, they, were, they were selling them in the backs of... Backs magazines make money in your free time. <laughs> there you go. Make money in your free time, dude. People were bummed about that post. That was hilarious. Shade, shade tree tattooer, dude. Dude, one of those shade tree tattooers. Um, At that point in time, weren't they all shade tree tattooers? Everybody. I feel like they were all. This isn't a shady industry from the beginning. I don't know. Is, man. Right? Well, because I see, or I've asked, I ask everybody the same few you know, questions. And I was like, you know, when did tattooing, cause everybody's, everybody has a point in their life where they're like, tattooed sucks now. I'm like, when did it, when did it stop? You know, and I've heard three or four people say like, when um, you stopped having to make needles and made it easier for so, for so many people. And they're like, cause before that, either a guy in town made needles and you all bought needles from that guy or you made them yourself. He goes, but once you made it to where you didn't have to do that, that hurdle wasn't there that it, you know, the like, that's to me when it when it changed. Or I've heard people say when tattooers stop wearing button up shirts, that's when it changed. And I've heard when tattooers stop dressing up, that's when it changed. I I look back and I just kind of figure I've been I got my toes wet about twenty seven years ago, and uh, I look around and I think that I was part of the onslaught of the first wave of this massive wave of tattooers that fucking hit this shit. Where it's just like whoa. Okay, that I think was I think it changed about the same time that I got my, I got my toes wet. I I was running around and there weren't a whole lot of shops, but they were still all over the place. Yeah, there. I mean, there was a lot up in Seattle area. There's yeah. always been a lot. Yeah. So, but a lot back then was like 15. Now a lot's like 212. Holy <laughs> fuck! That's how many is in Seattle? Oh, I'm just guessing. It's. It, I wouldn't be surprised. There's always been a. For years, there's been about a hundred rotating tattoo shops in the phone book. I don't, actually, there's no more phone books anymore. Those things are <laughs> fucking gone. <laughs> in the phone book, I used our <laughs> when people would put their name, the shop of their name, and they put an A in front of it, even though it didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Like, like it'd be like a Thunderdome tattoo, like mm-hmm. to get first, try and get first. And I knew people that named their shop like Triple A Tattoo. I I heard about this. Mm-hmm. So they would be first forever. <laughs> They're like, mm-hmm. so we're the first on any list. Triple A Aardvark. Yeah, Triple A Art, dude. And you're like, okay. But they were first without having to pay for it. Mm-hmm. But you would always see people fucking lying about it. 
or one dude would fucking pull out the big guns, dude, and put the little little fucking business card size thing right there. And I remember seeing those. I was like, that must be the best guy. Like, I would open the phone book. Because I would try and get jobs this way, you know. Instead of I couldn't drive. But, you know, I, I was younger, you know, 16, 17. And you would call around. Hey, are you guys hiring? They'd be like, nah, we don't have a room. Like, oh, we might be hiring. Oh, da, da, da. But you would just go through. Do, 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 do. And then there'd be some that wasn't listed. Because you had to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Right? You had to, like, go out your way a little bit to get in that fucking thing. Yeah. Um. And then they switched it to the internet. I remember people signing up on the internet. I remember seeing like the shop owner was like, well, we need to get on the yellowpages.com. I was like, all right. But now, I, yeah, I seen a phone book the other day and I was like, what the fuck is this for? Why? Who's printing these? This is the same people that print par- that they were printing spirit paper. Do same people that print phone books? <laughs> Shit like that. That's got to be. Okay, we're going to say phone book one of these days, and everybody at the table will just look blankly at me like, oh, I would I've say never that. fucking yeah. seen a fucking then phone I, book. Right, and then my follow-up to that is like, you ever heard of a ditto machine? And they'll be like, <laughs> what, what the, the fuck, fuck? ditto machine? <laughs> I'll be like, oh, okay. Phone book or ditto machines, never heard of them? Okay, all right. <laughs> Guess I'm the oldest motherfucker Guess in this Guess I'm the fucking oldest, the only person who ever lived at this table, dude. The rest of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. I... You, the, uh, so yeah, they they make. Um, I mean, obviously, I, you know, people's the the Thermofax thing is still perplexing to me as to how it does it. You know, that company had to have known, but it hasn't been till the last few years that they actually started making the, their product. They make make tattoo, it even put tattoo like, imagery on the motherfucker, and they make all. stencil stuff. Like Spirit makes their own stencil application mm-hmm. stuff now, so they're wise to it. Just like Lubriderm, Josh was saying that they, they put the tattoo, tattoo Lubriderm. Lubriderm or whatever. So well, companies what? are getting wise to who's really fucking cleaning this shit off the shelves, you know? Yeah, but here's the thing: you can go to Walmart and get tattoo aftercare supplies and body jewelry. Tattoo <laughs> goo, dude. I love that. So I just use tattoo goo. I'm like, no, oh, never. No person said that. I'm like, who <laughs> says? Who's still saying that? I was like, I don't know where it came from, but no, I don't know a person in my life that uses it at all. So someone's buying that shit, but it's not any of us, you know, because if I've been walking this earth for fucking 30 years and I've never recommended it, never met anybody that has, there's got to be a fucking, I don't know, somebody's buying that shit. Or it's the same five tens they've had for fucking 12 years. (laughs) I don't know. Speaking of companies getting wise, um, they... I was just reading a thing, someone saying that uh, the whole ink situation is because these bigger companies are realizing, oh, tattooing is a cash cow, and they want to try to, you know, fuck off everyone who's making ink. Have you, to get standards and get the government involved. And, have you heard about the ink thing? I've heard a little bit of this and that. I don't know what's real and what's not. Um, it's all a little, I just scratch my head. I have a, I have a hard time being like the guy who's, Gonna go and be like, oh, ooh, it's a new ink. I want the new ink. I'm like, oh no, I really don't want to use an ink unless I've seen if it's been around for it. like ten years and I know it's still fucking there. Then, uh, yeah, I'm it, like, oh, okay, that's a new. I'm, ink. I'm kind of a hard sell <laughs> on that too. But me personally, I mean, I love your cavalierness where you just don't go around assuming shit. I do that all the time. That's all I do. I just go around, I assume everything, and then like, like, don't judge a book by its cover. That's all I do. 
just only judge books by their cover, <laughs> and I only assume stuff. Well, just think of all this all the time you've saved reading. You didn't yeah. have to read them. You already fucking formed an opinion. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah. People are like, what's going on with Think? I was like, tattooing's going to hell today, dude. And everyone's all, fuck, really? And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't fucking know. I don't make ink, dude. Like, I don't know if you've been to my ink factory, but I don't fucking make it. Like, I don't even know how that works. I know how some stuff's made. I know that if you're ever like, we're going to regulate tattoo machines. I'm like, you can regulate fucking breathing air, but I'm still going to do it. Like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. Because people are like, what about the sink? I was like, just have another guy make it. Like, they didn't stop knowing how to fucking make it because any laws were made, you know? Because I was like, if you look at every law for tattooing thus far, like, nobody gives a fuck about them. You know, tattooers like, yeah, you want this piece of paper? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. There you go. But if you didn't have laws, like Arizona, states don't, you know, there is no laws at all for tattooing whatsoever you know so you can do whatever you want like that there i'd see dudes at open shops and it would be like imagine if i sold you like like a diet pill and i was like you know what you should do open up a diet pill store you're like i don't know anything about this you're like but you make so much money i've seen dudes do that who opened up a shop and the first tattoo they ever did was in that shop and they opened up a shop it was incredible actually i was like holy (laughs) shit I was like, what the? Dude, you probably invested a lot in Bitcoin. You don't give a fuck about risk, dude. I mean, just as a business model. That's like, hey, I think I know a lot about tires. Like, you ever change one? Not at all, but I'm opening up a tire shop. Yeah, how hard could it be? Right? I've seen guys doing it. It's just a picture, you know? Just drawing on skin. In Seattle, is there is there shops and malls? Oh, of course. Anywhere I've there's been, malls, there's tattoo shops now. I've never seen that in my life. I've only seen that in Seattle. No, heard, really? heard no, about they're it. all over the country, man. Like in the mall. In the mall. Like you get tired yeah, ne- next to the yogurt shop in the mall. <laughs> like you get <laughs> you get tired and you're like, I'm going to the food court. Fuck this. <laughs> that must be weird for lunch. If they don't get to argue about it. You Body speak. jewelry plus and the plus is tattooing. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh, do you get to, but the players, the other, they got somebody in there fucking doing her first tat, dude. She's I, like, I'll pierce your ears and I'll fucking do this chinkadera on your finger. Like <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if it were up to me, I would live like mall rats. I would love to do that just so I could not be in the shop at all. <laughs> just be like, where you work at? The tat shop, dude. Let me get a sample of water. And you're all... <sighs> like, you just be like the coolest dude at the shop. Going around the kiosk. Get my phone screen fixed. We'll walk over there and talk to Eddie. He fixes them all day. But it's got to be... I don't know the quality of clientele for that. It can't be the fucking tip top. I'm the same people who want a pair of Vans. Or... <laughs> Might as well get a fucking tat today, right now. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know. I would never work. If I was at the mall, dude, the last thing I would do would be do tattoos at all, even if I worked there. Just go do, I'd eat pretzels, go to the movies, spend all my money immediately. Do free samples for Panda Express, dude. Yeah, Just all the time. I'd probably wear nice clothes that didn't have ink on them. Constantly I'd... walking over there to refill Mountain Dew, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Fountain drink. <laughs> I, can... I was. I don't know. I don't know. I was curious, and I heard I, about. I have it. a hard time going to the mall just to go get shit that I. You have to go to the mall to find. I have a hard time going there for that. So the idea of showing up to the mall to work every day would just do my head in. It's like I think that would defeat the entire purpose of why I was drawn to tattooing in the first place. I was not I, drawn to, drawn to tattooing because I liked the mall. No, not at all. <laughs> I think. I think it was just the. You know, a lifetime of doing whatever you want with your friends is definitely what sucked me in. Because that now I don't even, I've been in tattooing so long, I don't even understand why people 
to go to a job at all, which is fucked up because I need them all to because I got to live my life too. <laughs> like I need to go to a diner and someone needs to work there. Dude, you know? Every day on the way home, I'm just like, man, fucking, I could have just put some fucking shingles on a roof all goddamn day. And I'd be fucking driving home and just, just sheer disdain dude, for my whole life. <laughs> but now, now I'm just driving home, fucking feeling great about everything. Because my wife's like, how was your day? I was like, Pretty much the greatest day of my goddamn life. I don't know how to say it. it ain't different. Like, I get to work early every goddamn day, dude. dude. I can't just, wait. Like, can't, can't wait, wait to, to get, get there, dude. Don't want to leave. I'm like, what time is it? Oh, it's fucking going to be six again. <laughs> 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 God damn it. You know, because I really... Uh, when I was learning how to tattoo, I worked at the, you know, the noon, the noon to, to 3 a.m. shop where it just never... <laughs> Like, it kind of closed, but it was just to give people a break that worked there. But uh-huh. you were back open again. Like, yeah, you're fucking, you. dude, the widest net possible. I remember being there, and I was just like, I don't I don't even know what my house, I didn't even remember what my house looked like. You just go home and sleep, and you're like, gotta go back to fucking work, dude. Like, I don't know what I'm gonna do there. You might not tattoo for 14 hours, but I need to be here. The just, only thing you did when you weren't there was sleep or drink. That was dude. it. Or you <laughs> usually did, hit two birds with one stone and started drinking at six while you were there. That way you could still get a full life in. <laughs> <laughs> you know? still get a good night's rest, dude. dude. <laughs> yeah. You smoke a joint out by the dumpster, drink some beers, fucking tattoo some people. <laughs> it's fucking well-rounded day, at least to me, dude. That's what it sounded like to me. And I was like, this is it? This is the whole thing? And they're like, yeah, dude, you just have to learn how to do a dragon. And I was like, so I'm still, still don't do dragons, but I've been, you know, I've made it this far. You have an iPhone? I do. Have you ever tried an Android? No, I haven't. Don't. It's not worth it. It's garbage. Honestly, I'll just keep using my my outdated iPhone until they're like, I'll, they won't let it work anymore. It's running this one that's five, six years old. I don't I, want a new one. I don't understand how they decide that. Oh, this doesn't, like, fuck this you, bitch, I bought anymore. it. What do you mean I bought it? It, it worked it when work. I bought it. Nothing changed in the world. Does it still get so Because I could pick up, you know, those Nokia bricks or whatever. They never died. They never changed. It was fine. I mean, they got phased out, but that was when I bought an Xbox. I bought an Xbox maybe two years ago, and I bought a game, and I thought I bought the game. I was like, I own the whole game because I bought it in the CD case. I own the whole game. <laughs> And I get home, and they're like, okay, you want the rest of the game? And I was like, I thought I just got the fucking it's gonna game. It's going to download for the next day and a half, dude, <laughs> yeah. and then you can play it. Get some DLC in your life. And then I go to update it now. He's like, you got to update your video games. I was like, fucking this is whack. Because with Nintendo 64, dude, possession. You're like, <laughs> I have the entire the entire Mario Kart game. You're like, How? it's right here. The whole thing. Everything there is to be known about that son of a bitch is on this thing right here. Mm-hmm. They're going to do that with power supplies, I bet you. They're going to. I've seen it. I've seen them doing that. We're like, you want to check the stats on your phone? And I was like, I don't even like a digital readout, dude. Now you want me to Bluetooth to my fucking goddamn power well, supply? Well, they have the, the watches now that power. The watches are cool. That's machines. a good idea. That I mean, has, have you seen a cordless system yet? I'm sure I've seen I've seen. I mean, you've seen them. Yeah, I haven't seen anything that actually would deliver a tattoo yet. Lagergren, that's uh, what was Bicycle Bob. He was talking about uh, Peter Lagergren. He tattoos with, with, the, the, with the wireless. No, it, completely wireless. Like, it's a battery. He charges them. He can, I think he can tattoo all day. It's like three three batteries or whatever. And it's just, he just holds a machine. There's like no wires or anything. It's all included. Have you seen Peter Lagergren's stuff? I have not. He's like in Sweden or something like He's that. He's sick. Really comic book like 
full saturation like crazy foreshortened like coming out views like crazy devil women and skeletons and shit just really overly saturated solid tattoos so the perfect he tattoos all day with a wireless like must, must work fucking yeah <laughs> there it is proof's in the pudding I mean, it's pro- it's for sure rotary. Like, I don't think you, I don't, I don't know that a coil machine would really fucking work like that. I mean, you could tattoo with one off like right. a nine volt battery for like I, a I couple saw, of minutes, right? I saw or a something. coil machine that somebody had made where they put a little, little square battery that would, yeah, you know, but it just wouldn't deliver. It, it was crafty, <laughs> you know. It was like, I'll, but it oh, wasn't, that's crafty. But I, I couldn't tattoo. But it wasn't it. useful. Yeah, I didn't find it useful. I, Do you? Th- um, clip cords have been the main way forever too, right? Mm-hmm. Like that has not fucking changed even a little bit up until like RCA. But I mean, there was well, RCA before before clip cords. You just screwed the wire to the machine. Yeah, so it's even just slightly. But then, if you wanted to switch machines, you had to fucking. Well, you had wires to the other machine as well. So everything you just had to <laughs> just do one up, and they'd all sit in a rack. Hell yeah! In their barbicide, in the, in the little jitter machine. <laughs> um, do you do you collect a lot of uh, like tattoo history? Or I've uh, I've never like gone just absolutely bonkers like a bunch of my buddies, but I have amassed a collection over the years through you know family of tattooers, and it's stuff that I really dig. I've got a little handful of uh, vintage machines, a few sheets of vintage flash, but. I don't have I don't have the extensive collection that you don't have like a guy you don't have like a museum but you got some cool no, stuff. I also the guy that I came up under Ernie Gosnell, he's a hell of a collector. So I've I kind of came up around so much of it that I didn't really amass my own giant collection. Just because it was already it was, there. It was already there. It was already like overwhelming. I kind of spent a lot of my tattoo career tattooing essentially in a museum. So, because I know now when you see something like, hey, this is a, you know, a Waters machine or it's a Jensen machine, like it's fucking for sale for $10 million. <laughs> when, because I, people, people at some point bought this shit and it was not fucking a bunch of thousands of goddamn dollars. It was $5. Yeah. Like they didn't give a shit. They were like, you want this old dusty piece of shit? And you're like, yeah, let me get it. Or like Flash. I'm like, it's somewhere. But at some point that was a piece, because I remember, I know that, I used to look at Flash from the 90s, like some of it, and I was like, I don't even know why we have this fucking garbage. Like, I, you know, you go through a period as a tattooer where in the first five years or so, you, like, aren't fucking drowning, but you're not good, but you you have this peak of stupidity where you think you fucking are sick. Like, and then you know, like, you fucking know what's up. And I was like, I don't even tattoo off Flash. It's all custom. And now I look back, and I'm like, oh, that's fucking I was so the, so the pinnacle of lameness and I didn't even know, you know, and I've seen everybody go through that. Like I see some people, I was like, they probably just gave that shit away. Cause now I get people that are like, yeah, I don't really like this. You know, these spalling machines don't work really well. And I'm like, that's fine. I'll have them. Like I'll take them mm-hmm. and I'll keep them for you. Mm-hmm. And then in 10 years, we're like, fuck, like I'll still have them. <laughs> I'll still have them, you know, <clears throat> but they fucking look cool. You know, I because I've I've seen some of like um, you know the it seems machines were softer and nowadays they're getting to where people do people ask you like hey I need a liner that can run a seventy eight round 
Do, do people? Oh yeah, I do a lot of seventy-eight round liners. Yeah, yeah, you make a lot. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, dude. I'll always remember it got driven into my head. My buddy Sonny, Sonny would always tell me that Henry Goldfield would pound into his head that there was no such thing with a liner with more than ten needles. No such thing. No such thing. There's no such thing as a liner with more than ten needles. And this is from the Bay Area, Henry Goldfield. Yes, sir. Okay. And uh, I believe him. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like the size line I can get out of an eight round shader is fucking big, dude. It really? I don't big. need a fucking bigger line than that for anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, people ask me, yeah, I need something to push like three liners up to like mm, twenty five, and I'm like, I don't. What machine is that? <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, because they're like order one. I'm like. I make them for little ones, like little boys or big boys, dude. Like, those are the options. Yeah. And I know people that make one option. It's a liner. And they're like, well, what does it push? Lines. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm almost that guy. And you're all, you're I, like, do have a, I do have a cutback in in the lineup at all times in my drawer or in my box of machines. Dude, because you get wild. Where I want those little those little tight threes or those little bitty things. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably not going to do that with the same day-to-day liner that I use, but I can. But yeah, <laughs> no, I was like, it's called a walk-in liner, you know, it's just a normal liner. Mm-hmm. Are people like, yeah, you know, or like a shader or color? I mean, how many differences in machines are there to you? I mean, is it, I mean, how many variations? I, I find that it's just a very minor adjustment, whether you want a machine to be a black and gray machine or a color machine or packer or whatever you want to call it. I have, I keep two shaders that run almost exactly the same except one will be a little bit softer when you turn it all the way down and one will be a little bit harder when you turn it all the way up but they're totally interchangeable like in black and gray or pack tribal with either one just whatever yeah are you do you go by voltage a lot do you live your life by volts oh no no, not at all i oh yeah i do i use a lot of them i like a really long long throw on a tattoo (laughs) machine and i build a machine that if you want to run it at fucking 22 volts it won't burn the back of your hand so that's how I feel about volts. I have no idea why I was even successful in this thing while I've been doing it with the whole like five volt theory going around. We're like, I don't, ah. where did that, where did that cut? <laughs> I, cause that's what this turd was asking me. He was like, well, what volts is it supposed to run? At? I was like, volts don't, volts have no power here. Yeah. They don't run things here. I was like, put tape over that, dude. You're going to solve that right now. You're going to go with your heart. I was like, I hope it's 14. Cause how much does it cost? Cause I see people that, well, because I, I, I had somebody complain about that. Like, yeah, I got a machine, but it runs at 8 volts. And I was like... All the way down there? <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> okay. You know? He's like, my other one's run at like 6. And I was like, how much does it cost you to run it to 8 volts? And they're like, nothing. And I was like, just spiritually hurt you to fucking have to turn a knob <laughs> a little bit? <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. The but, volts thing, too, you'll get fucking stuck on that. That's why it's best dude, that you don't fucking pay attention. Because you'll be like, it won't do what I want it to do at the normal volt it usually runs right at. And you, you'll you just get stuck on that. And you'll always be trying to fucking tattoo. You'll think that it, if it's not at that exact number, it's not going to do what you want. And then you're not going to be like turning it up to, to tattoo in this spot or turning it down to tattoo with this needle. Or you won't let yourself get into the habit of flowing with it and what it feeling what it needs you'll just be relying on what this number tells you what it needs and it doesn't mean anything at all you drink the kool-aid you'll drink the electrical kool-aid yes yeah, the five volt thing that also goes along with the idea that you need a different machine for every grouping yeah yeah for sure this one runs at 6.2 volts and i only run tight sevens like i want everything 
right? I just you want a liner, yeah. I I want that knob on the power supply to really just be like the harder or softer. (laughs) That's it. Like you turn it up until it goes in, and (laughs) that's that. (laughs) Yeah, feel like it's not working. I better give the old fucking turn it up. I don't know. I don't think it makes it faster. Sounds faster. Feels like it's faster. Feels like it works better. So. If you turn it up, more better. That's what I think. Like, just turn up the better knob. It's not working. Mm-hmm. If it's or too, sometimes you'll have to turn it down. Yeah, if it's too, if it's too good, if it's working too goddamn good, you know, we're fucking, we're fucking blazing through this shit. Let's flayed this dude. Let's turn it down a little bit. And I have machines that that get hot too, and it's like, I, I'll fucking let it burn the fuck out of me because it does tap better than any other machine that I fucking have and it's what I need to do the fucking job so it's fucking blistering my fucking skin off the back of my hand fucking goddamn damn take fucking... yourself a little piece of like a fuel line hose and a couple pieces of wire and just wire it up below, up just right below your tube vice so that's oh, what's yeah, on the back yeah, of your yeah, hand yeah yeah hell there yeah that's how that's done <laughs> dude so you've been in the same spot you're like I don't care I don't care about this callus right fucking here <laughs> on a machine that just burns the <laughs> fuck out of me dude oh yeah I think we all should have some scars on the backs of our hands from fucking burning machine yeah. blisters actually well, I'm just uh, like fucking what am I pussy dude this thing's tap great keep on trucking dude I'll put two pairs of gloves on dude. <laughs> there we go oh, like, but it sure is working good Sure is working good. We're working great. Have you do you, do you make your do you make yourself new machines all the time, or do you have you use the same ones for use the same two machines for just ever? Um, every probably ten years, I get excited and I you get I one. I put another one in my drawer. Like if I if I beat the face of my coils down just enough on the front coil, I'm like, oh, uh, I could either fix this or I just leave it right there and I'll put another one next to it and I'll use it. There but, you go. Yeah, so I don't really. I saw you make a, a machine on your page that was like a like a unicoil. Yeah, the unicoil. What thing. is what is that? It's just fucking weird. The frame and the uh, coil what? and everything are all just one piece. So, so I mean, I have to, it's kind of like it's kind of like knitting a sock every time I wind one of those. You just sit there and about three but hours is it, later. Is it like pop. a is it like a hoop that goes that goes around? Yeah, it's a, con- it's a continuous U shaped and then you just magnet wrap. With yeah, and then I I wrap in every and that U shaped magnet is also the the basis of the frame, so everything comes off of that. And then it works though. Yeah, it's just a regular tattoo machine. It just works like a regular machine. Oh, is that that? That that's the middle of it. There's a there's probably a better explanation where there's a picture where there's yeah. three of them in there in different phases. Yeah. Oh, so you're just fucking... Yeah. So just I sit there. there. And you gotta just do it forever. My chair's running away. Yeah, dude. He's got roller skate wheels. He's got roller blade wheels, dude. We don't, we have, I have a strong disdain for friction, dude. You can't Everything fucking... Everything in this goddamn shop has fucking A-back 5 fucking... <laughs> right? Dude, you'll fuck around and almost die. Dude, try to go sit down and you'll... And you'll fall down. This goddamn Josh tried to put fucking... Fucking, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Because everything in my life, dude, is like good enough, you know. So I don't know if we'll see my machine shop today. But I, I like asking people about their machine shops. Is where's your? Is it like part of your house? Or yeah, is it's, it, it's in the garage, right outside my house. 
And then did you you got an AC? Did you build it up? Is it all? Uh, well, there nobody has ACs out in Seattle. Oh, that is true. But I have a nice I have a nice heater in there. Hell yeah! Yeah, I sheet I sheet rocked insulated. It's real comfortable. It's like going indoors. So it feels like it's indoors. Oh yeah. Because mine feels like I'm making shit in a goddamn tent or a shed. I've done something. it like that too. And yeah. Initially, I was doing them in a shed, and then I it went to a basement, and it wound up. <laughs> yeah, because I see people are like, "Fuck that!" When I moved in, I put air ducts in. I did this. I got AC. I got all this shit. You know, and I was like. Wow. Like, what do you do? And I was like, I just be hot. Like, I just stand there and be hot. And there's a lot of bugs. You know, there's fucking bullshit. They, like, build Walter White's meth lab before yeah. they ever even build a tat gun in it. They're just like, fucking, I'm going to set this bad boy up like lab. Yeah, dude. I don't know. Do you have a, do you have a shitload of uh, of tools? You have, like, you, do you have mills and lays? And- I've, I've got a couple little bitty lathes. I don't have a mill. I'm... I've never been interested in owning a forklift. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't want a forklift. Do you so want, want to? Do you want to lift? It's heavy. Yeah. <laughs> no shit. Because I want to get one, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to die in this house. Because if I put this fucking mill here, I sure am. Because <laughs> it's I don't even know who you call to fucking move that motherfucker, but I know it's not cheap. Yeah, I, I actually have. It's fabrication tools is what I use more than anything, rather than machinist tools. So I, I went through a welding school about the same time that I was breaking into tattoo uh-huh. and uh that made me real handy around the tattoo shops it gave me something to offer guys that were way fucking better than me <laughs> so yeah you had a skill you had a light skill i mean fa- fabrication is just welding and, yeah. and constructing out yeah. of it's just yeah it's just where you're not mach- you're not a machinist you're a welder okay yeah and fabrication is the making of it <laughs> when you wind a coil does a coil do you have to be perfect to work well? Because I hear people they're like, oh, you're you know the coil's not perfectly wound, so it won't work well. <laughs> no. <laughs> no? Uh, okay. The, there's a lot of things that we like to believe because we've been told them, but they they may not have a basis of anything. The reason we want them close to perfect is so that we don't have to measure the wire before putting it on. And so you don't have to measure it. Yeah, because that's our measurement. You know, you fill it up and it's all nice and smooth. And now, you know, you have that much wire on that coil and you can repeat it on the other one. But if you just rat's nest it until it looks full, then you're going to have a different amount of wire on each one. So that's really the thing. But if you got a little drop off on each side of the coil, there's not going to be any difference. What? And if you were to do like, like, think about how good Paul Rogers coils were. On a lot of those old ones, there's some that you'll see that are real tidy and clean, but then there's others that are just rat's nests. Well, he would measure that wire out and then wind the coil. That's what he would do. Yeah, and that's and that's when you'd, you'd rat nest the coil. It's actually a better magnet. The little gaps in between all the wire, yeah, will excite will excite the electrons when when in each pop of the magnet. So I, I've loved the myth that it has to be this perfectly wound thing. When in my mind, the most perfect coil. You would measure the perfect length of the right gauge wire and then wind it in a manner where it's truly a, a scatter wind. So that it creates a bigger magnetism. Yeah, just a faster, it's just a more excited. Then what about heat and stuff? Is that going to affect heat? Uh, back, well, that it's not going to change your resistance. Resistance causes heat. Heat causes resistance. So once you go down that path, it just never ends. It's just going to keep getting hot. Now, 
Now, what is, what do you mean by that? What is, you know, what is, what would make a machine hot? What is the resistance? Like, what is? Resistance is, uh, that's your ohms, man. It's, uh, it's the, uh, the length of your wire is going to be your resistance. Okay. And the diameter of your wire will be your resistance. Okay. If your wire is too short, it'll behave one way. If it's too long, it'll behave another. Okay. We're going to talk more about this because I'm not. <laughs> Look, okay. So, so in theory, though, the your coils will be like the best if they're as close to or the same amount of wire on each coil. No, because there's only one magnet on every tattoo machine. Okay. So you could put all the wire on one of those fucking coils. And as long as you have your full horseshoe, so you're using both ends of your magnet, uh-huh. it's going to operate the same. But your resistance comes from the volume of wire. So when they would measure them out, how do you determine? What is, is, is there a mathematical equation that determines to get... I mean, are you always chasing the strongest fucking magnet? Because I don't feel that that's made no. the best machine for me. No, I don't want the strongest magnet. I don't want the weakest magnet. I want the one where it's going to use everything that I put into it, but also I don't want a surplus at the beginning or the end of the circuit because that's where I'm going to build up heat and resistance. A surplus? What? Like, what do you mean? Like, break an, it down an ex, for an excess surplus is what you mean? Like, an yeah, excess. Yeah, well, you're, it's all, con- I guess it all comes back to efficiency is what you're talking about. Yeah, it's the efficiency. Yeah, so I want, I want a nice, well rounded, efficient coil one that won't burn my hand but it'll still turn down and do the soft stuff huh do you use do you i i hear i'll, I'll hear a lot of people say too that you need to use silver contacts silver contacts are the best they I are. use i use brass screws right up right up against uh steel spring so what because i always thought the whole rest of your machine isn't silver so why how is this one silver bolt going to just change everything um Silver is cool because it doesn't get dirty very often. Yeah, but it'll still coke up a little bit or yeah, whatnot, and you got to clean it. Um, I found that it they burn down a little bit slower than a brass screw, but I also find that a brass screw works super good and works for a super long time. And I've never actually used an entire contact screw up. I've shortened them over the years through using them. But what about I, copper? Do you like copper? Not really. It gets really dirty really fast. I was, in my experience, brass got really dirty really fast. Okay. Is that, I mean, is there anything, is there, is there anything to that or is it just a preference? I think it's just a preference. Because everything else is steel on that machine. So if mm-hmm. you, if you're just going to like, like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to put fucking pure goddamn gold through the rest of it. And you're like, the whole thing isn't pure goddamn gold. So it doesn't matter. You know? No, they're, it's, they're just trying to keep a clean contact right at that point. Is that, that's it. That's, that's the whole Because people try to explain to me like, oh, well. It conducts the best. I've been I've been actually having to take a bunch of silver screws off of people's machines recently, where people contact me and uh, and uh, be like, "I can't get this thing running right and whatnot." It was great, and they'll they'll shoot it out to me, and it'll be fine. The machine will be fine, but the silver contact screw that they put in it, I take it out, I put a brass one, and it works great because there's there's a bunch of these silver contact screws, and they're shinier than the old silver contact screws and for yeah. some reason they just suck like they're hardly fucking making any contact at all 
But if you get a piece of uh, like one of the silver contact screws where it looks like kind of like more like real silver rather than that, like overly polished, like if it looks almost like it's stainless steel, but it's silver. Yeah. There's some kind of alloy to it. That's not working real good. Well, cause silver is pretty soft by itself. Right. And it's, and it's, and it's a pure silver is pretty, really soft. Eh, little, a little soft, but not, it's not like gold soft. Now, have you noticed that at any one of them, brass, copper, or silver, like, eats away at the spring more than the screw will wear away? Uh, honestly, I like brass because it seems to be the part that that goes away faster. It takes the hit, yeah. Because yeah. I've, I've noticed a, a couple of machines that have a silver contact point on, they'll, the the spring seems to take the beating before the screw or they'll they'll take the beating at the same time, and then the tip of your front spring is wearing away. I run my machines real fucking weird. I, I close the contact points up on my shaders and run them real hard and real inefficiently. No, you're one of them weirdos. I've run met, I've met guys like you. <laughs> but they fucking He's will tattoo a wind bar with a fucking 25 mag, and it'll peel fucking smooth as butter, you know, mm-hmm. and that's just the way it is. But, yeah, my fucking... We just replaced the front spring on my on my machine that i use for color it's a silver this chrome jensen that we built and it has a silver contact point and it took it about been using it for about a year and ate the front spring uh it actually doesn't get hot anymore or whatever with whatever the new spring was it likes the new front spring better it doesn't get hot anymore but Dude, i feel like i didn't t- ever worry about it getting hot in the first ta- place tattoo machines are 30 <laughs> percent tattoo machines are 30 percent ghosts I'll tell you, that's what I, that's, because I'm like, look, technically, it's all should work great, dude, but the ghosts, not here, they don't give a fuck, it's not working, just, you know, there's, I don't know, there's some, I was like, I, you know, I'm sure people are like real precise about magnets, but I was like, when you make a magnet in your garage, it's the only precise you're going to get, there's only a certain amount, because I don't even know how to fucking measure one, I don't, I, like, I don't even know, you're like, yep, that's the perfect amount of wire, like, I don't know if that's just a, if there's a math that goes with that. Or if it's just, I think you'd like he was explaining. You'd literally the best way would probably be literally stretch it out, you know. Or you could use like a line counter, like you'd use for maybe like fishing or something, and like wind it onto a spool, and then you'd know like exactly how much is coming off. Free ready to go. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, you essentially have to stretch it out and then wind that onto a core and be like, "Well, there's too much goddamn wire. Let's take exactly fucking." Three feet off, you know, or whatever. Is it ever measured by... It seems by, to be the only way. Is it measured by length? Is it measured by length or weight or just all the way around? It's... Well, wait a second, right? Well, we've, we're currently measuring them by wraps. Right. By layers. So that's really how we're measuring them. Yeah, because I just was thinking, it was like, if you ask me how much wire's on a fucking coil, I'm like, I don't know, I've unwrapped one, it's fucking a lot. <laughs> fucking whole lot. <laughs> I know when I put it on, it feels like a lot, you know? So I'm like, maybe one, and maybe I need to undo a coil and be like, what do I think is the best? And I'll measure out like 600 feet of fucking this wire, you know? I don't, I don't, I don't know. It seems like if you stretch, if you, 600 feet, you'll have slightly more than six machines. Perfect, dude. <laughs> but if we put all those coils on one machine, see, dude, we'll just make one long, one long one. What, how, those Cindy Ray machines that have the big coil in the middle, mm-hmm. I seen somebody trying to make one um, a while back, and they said they couldn't. Like they're having a really hard time trying to make it. Is there what? Like what is? 
It's funny you ask because I've actually scratched my head on that same one, and I almost wonder if that's an AC machine. What is an AC machine? Well, it's I running saw on an alternating current rather than a direct current. So actually the motion of an AC machine will often just be the reciprocation of, of the power of the... But there's no contact on it? Or or how, how does it... Because I saw one the other day, too. How um, does it work? I mean, what is... I don't know, man. <laughs> you just I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I've got, I've got a frame of a friend's of, that's a replica of one of those and i've got the little coil and i've been monkeying with it and i've read and i've looked at things and played with stuff and i've not been in like i haven't found the magic yet so i need to find somebody who's actually built one of those or i need to find one that works yeah because it do hers work right i've seen them they fucking work so why i mean she she's a fucking hellacious tattooer so where how come people can't replicate them i'm trying to say i don't understand why like there it is. I haven't played. People can. You know what? You could. I could. I haven't spent enough time. If I really sat down and, and played with it, more. I could. It would be fine. But I'd have to actually sit down and do it more than just the monkey with it and go. Hmm. I'll figure that out one of these days. I'm going to see how somebody else has one wired, and I've, that's what I've been waiting for. Is <laughs> so, way way to do it. Yeah. So I've been waiting rather than because I saw somebody with the Edison machine, or you know, they made replicas mm-hmm. of it, and I was like, so that works. But no one can make that Australian one. You know, I haven't seen anybody make one yet. I'm like, I, I just want to see it. I'm curious. And then I saw the AC machine. I was like, what the fuck is that about? Because it didn't, it was just like, it didn't have an upright or a contact. Mm-hmm. You know, it has. And, that, and that's just because the alternating current goes, it, it alternates. So. so what kind of power supply do you use to control that? Or is it just 110? I, it would be 110 or, yeah. Holy fuck. Just stick it out. It's just right out of the wall. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I I need to fuck with that. <laughs> Look, I'm a, I was reading a bunch about it about just what we're talking about yeah. recently. I went and it was just one of those things where I'm like, oh, I can't even explain it, but I can look at it and I kind of get it. And I was scratching my head at it, going, yeah, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's what I that's I I was doing the same. Well, the wall plug is AC DC, right? No, it's, it's AC. It's just AC. Yeah. So and then whatever your power supply is DC in or your yeah yeah that that's what that's decides, the circuit that, yeah. Yeah, because it rectifies it and then puts lot, it all in capacitors, and then that'll. Yeah, because I used to think, you know, our, I think everybody at one point thought like, "Oh, that's the power box. That's where the power's kept. It's like powers in the wall, bro. That's <laughs> this is a knob, right?" And like when that concept hit me, I was like, "Wow!" I was like, "How the fuck could it power it? Like it's just a box. Like what? You know?" And it just transfers it to. Uh, Transfers it to DC, but people used to use the railroad. Yeah, it's a transformer. You just you take a transformer and then you uh, rectify. You can run straight off a transformer with a rectifier, but then it's you're going to have one of those real, like a train. So yeah, you put it through enough capacitors and and uh, an IC unit, you'll really clean that power up, and wow. it's more like a battery. Yeah, like yeah, it's just you just make a good coil. Put on a good machine. That's all you need. And it just runs lines or shades. You know, Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that the summary? Not insane. Not insanely complicated. Not insanely complicated. But you gotta you have to pay attention. There's a yeah. Whole, there's a whole lot of little intricate. You know. Yeah. You're yeah. All yeah. This yeah, stuff. yeah. 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 <laughs> I remember trying when I first started trying to make machines. I was like, this is a fucking nightmare. Like I was in there and I was like, I already bought this shit. I'm not gonna quit doing it. 
you know, I was trying to learn from people. I, I, I'm the only person in Oklahoma that makes machines. So there wasn't somebody across town you could ask or you can make a friend. You can make a friend with that guy and, hey, what's going on, you know? Um, so that, and, and rolling a coil, learning how to roll a coil just, just at all is real difficult. That's a real piece of shit, <laughs> you know? And I see other people, yeah. Yeah, I did my, that. The, my, my first, first coil, My yeah. first ones were like that, too. Sitting in the tattoo parlor in between tattoos. I would have I a little t- a little uh, post-it note if I had to put it down. I'd be like, all right, I got one wrap. You know, or I got two wraps. I still, have a little I still tally do, mark. I still tattoo with that machine to this day. <laughs> that one, the fucking windy boy. <laughs> wound all the, yeah. My favorite was getting it all together. Do you do all this goddamn work? And you're like, yeah, fucking, yes, it's together. You know? And you go to plug it in, it's all... You know, fuck <laughs> you. Or nothing happens. You're all, okay, go. And it's all, no, I don't work. There's nothing. It doesn't matter. That's it. That happened. Dude, it's disheartening. Dude, it's very, very disheartening. I was like, this weeds people out. Just, just God's way. Like, this weeds people out. Because if I did that five times in a row, I'd be like, fuck this. Like, I'm, this sucks. You know, it's. It, you know, because it's not like a tattoo. It's like you go to, like, imagine going to set to do a tattoo and you do all the tattoo and you wipe it and nothing happened. You'd be like, wow, fuck. Like, it wasn't even, it wasn't even red. You're like, did I tattoo it? You're like, I'm pretty sure I did. And like, nothing. Everything worked that way, dude. Yeah, that's how it was. Blindly uphill in the snow the whole way. So going back, because I was asking about Ernie Gosnell, because I saw him on your page too. Mm-hmm. And because I saw that and I saw you like make a joke. You're like, oh, we're going to space. And I was like, what happened? Like what? What happened there? And then I was like, man, I've heard that name several times. But you said he started. He, he opened the Electric Ladyland Parlor in New Orleans. I don't remember what year that would have been, but uh, he moved to Seattle in '95 with his wife Lynn, and they opened up the Lucky Double Shop. Is that that's where um, was it? Derek Noble worked there. A bunch of people worked there, yeah. didn't they? Mm-hmm. When we first opened, when when he first opened up that shop, it was uh, Jason Murphy, Joel Kennedy, Bobby Love was like the initial crew in there with them. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And then I wound up hooking up with him. Oh, probably almost a year after they'd opened that shop. And okay. We opened, and then we opened up the little uh, name shop in Rainier Valley. So you so you you split a shop with them though, yeah, right off the bat, and then I, we I straightened everything out and just worked for him after that. What? So t- tell me about about him. I mean, what's what's Ernie? Do- I mean, where where is he from? What's he been doing? What? From Atlanta. A lot of his uh, tattoo career. Uh, he was out there in Phoenix tattooing for a long time. Okay. He was out there at, uh, with Peter Tattoo. So what year? What around what time was that? Mm-hmm. In the '80s, he was out there. Because I've heard that I've I've heard his name so many times, and I and I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't put a I couldn't put a finger on it. And so he, and, and what kind of a tattooer was he? You're saying he made signs. He was doing. He was a, he's a sign painter, so he'd bounce back and forth between painting signs and tattooing his whole life. And he was the first. He was really the first dude who was doing these sign cutouts and writing all doing, this. Yeah, doing like the cutout signs and taking them to the conventions and. Selling them all over the place. He was he was like the first one doing that in the in the tattoo world. And he and so what? 
you you said him him and Richard Stell were doing you know they were yeah they were big time buddies they used to like to run around when uh, when Richard was in Dallas at the same time that uh, Ernie was in Louisiana they were buddies they'd run around and go collect taxidermy and just be fucking wild tattoo men just do just do but they but they were doing uh, they started doing different kinds of traditional or they were the well, yeah absolutely think about, think about the influence that Richard Stell has had on what we think of as traditional tattooing I. I pretty much accredit like that Texas traditional style. I pretty much attribute it to uh, Richard Stell and Dave Lum. Because I've seen it so long that it, it, it was a thing that you don't think of where it was so prominent that you didn't think of where it came from. Because yeah, I, it was, and that was at the same point in time that like biker fine line was all over the place and modern primitive tattoos and. And they were doing traditional. And they were doing traditional and wild, weird traditional. You know. Weird colors and and Ernie just really always loved real fucking just wild wacky ass traditional shit. Just some of the he he likes all that fucking weirdest coolest folk art shit you can find. And then that's he was just translating it translating it to tattoos. Okay, so and um, you said you you were you had you had got an apprenticeship right. Yes, I did. I I'd, I had originally I'd gotten an apprenticeship uh, through one of uh, Pete Stevens' shops, but I wound up uh, not completing that apprenticeship due to uh, the guy who brought me in. He wound up leaving, and I went with him, and then nothing came of that. So I just bounced around until ultimately I wound up tattooing Hoover Crips out of my house, and uh, and I was in Seattle, Washington. What were they getting? Names and Tweety Birds and just whatever. Yeah, and you were tattooing the shit out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And then how did Ernie hear about you? How did you meet Ernie? Um, me and, me and uh, my wife became friends with this gal, Janice Butler, who uh, she'd actually, she she used to work with Richard in Dallas uh, as a piercer out there. And then uh, she wound up coming up to Seattle and working at Lucky Devil. And my wife had some mutual friends with her. So she she would stay with us sometimes when she came into town before she worked with Ernie. And uh, Ernie was kind of miserable in the shop where he was at. He wanted to go back and tattoo like he was tattooing in New Orleans, just tattoo like regular folks and just whatever. And, yeah, he wanted to work, he wanted to work in a black neighborhood and do fancy script lettering, and it's where he felt at home and could talk to everybody and really hang out and uh-huh. and he he loved to tattoo in a real rough tattoo shop, like the real fucking thing, you know, like the like it wasn't. Like you earned your place, not yeah. in the fucking place. Absolutely. Okay. So what? And you, so he, so you were you were saying you started, and you like have to a shop. I, I, yeah, it did. It's it's kind of funny because I knew I had no business partnering in with him right out of the gate. I was I was a fucking half wit hack, man. I didn't know shit. I really loved tattooing. I really wanted to fuck. Like I wanted it so fucking bad. And I swear that me just wanting it so bad, he's still told me that he's never met anybody who wanted it as much as I did, which I know that's the only reason I got to stick around because I, I, I sucked until I didn't. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. But you, I mean, there was no other option on the earth. That's all the fuck you were going to do was do tattoo. Oh, yeah. That was it. Yeah, that was, yeah, I was like, I would wasn't afraid to do other shit to pay my bills or whatever, but I was going to fucking tattoo There's somehow, some no, fucking way. No, no matter what. No matter what. <laughs> yeah. <'cause they're, laughs> fuck yeah. 
I'm, I'm way into that shit. So you, and then how long did, I mean, how did that shop go? I was, how it was, went really good. We, it fucking opened up and immediately, uh, if it was a success from the very first fucking day, which is a fucking good feeling. Yeah, it was great. But, uh, it was cool. Cause he came out and, uh, wanted to tattoo all, all the clientele that I'd been. He was happy. Tattoo. He was yeah, happy. He, we was, do he it. was stoked. I was stoked. So we sat down and we did this and over a couple of years, fuck yeah, I, I got to get next to all the shit that is really got me here to this day. You know, what did, uh, how, what did, does, does he still tattoo? He's actually talking about uh, going and, and uh, working a day a week out at Southern Star in Atlanta. Okay. And uh, he's, uh, he's, you saw that, the post, you commented on the post where yeah. I, I mentioned yeah. space travel. Well, he'd had a, he had a little brain surgery, like a, they not like a, not where they cut in, but like they radiated a spot in his brain because he started having some real bad tremors and he'd quit tattooing. He wasn't able to paint signs. But now over the course of the last, I guess it's been better part of a year since, since he went through that procedure and his tremors are damn near gone is what he was telling me yesterday. That he could, he could paint, has he been painting or he's picking it all back up? Yeah. He's like, he's getting, he's getting that part of his health back. Cause that's, that's fucking awesome. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine. I was so happy to hear him say that yesterday. I was like, fuck, I've. And he li- he lives up by you, or where does he live now? Oh no, he's out in uh, in Georgia now. I uh, he moved back out toward where he where he was born. He's out in Gainesville, Georgia now. Okay. Yeah, about an, about an hour from Atlanta. Dude, that's awesome. So you, you know, I I love hearing about, you know, because I, I I just said I hung out with Jimmy Litwalk, you know, and mm-hmm. I was talking about, I was, you know, what other what other job can you go? Because I I on the phone yesterday i was like did you bring supplies we're like i'll just figure it out and i was like yeah because we'll fuck it like we don't even worry about anything mm-hmm. i was like we'll fucking whatever you need we got you right and i remember i you know some places i go you don't feel you you know you just don't you don't you don't feel that but i always viewed it like like that's a, like you know if you, you respect that dude that's a dude that you know about like you just you treat him like goddamn gold the whole as much as you can you want to make because Especially at least having a shop, you know, when you want people, if somebody comes to your shop, you want them to go up the road and be like, yo, that place was fucking legit. That was, they were good dudes. You want to treat people the way you'd want to be treated. Yeah. That's what Jimmy did to me. Yeah. Yeah. I I got stranded in Orlando and I, and I went there originally I tattooed and those guys were, were, were gracious and and I had a great time and it was a beautiful shop. (laughs) And then. Um, I got stuck at the airport and I was like, you know, uh, I've been talking to, to Jimmy Litwalk. I'm going to call him. You know, I said, hey, what are you doing? He goes, I'm going to come get you right now. He came and got me and fucking hung out all goddamn day, dude. And it, and it was really refreshing, you know, because that dude's been tattooing a long time, too. Yeah. He's been tattooing a long time. He was like, man, I'll tell you about fucking every guy. And I was like, where'd the word new school come from? You know, like, who's the best dude to ask about that? You know, and I was like, what's up with that? And we discussed it. And I, was like, I didn't know any of that. That's, that's incredible. <laughs> you know, he wouldn't let me pay for shit. It was fucking phenomenal. You know, it was it was it was awesome, and I love that about because you you travel quite a bit and you know the difference. You know, Absolutely. we go some places and you're like, oh yeah, these are my people, and then like ah, you know they're you yeah. Know. It's, it, you show up. It's a, it's not like I'm gonna show up and be like, oh, 
all right, now give me shit and pave the road for me. No, but to have that genuine hospitality, like you're being treated like old family. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, wow, that's genuine hospitality. Yeah. That's the kind, like, when you show up at my house and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll take you out to dinner. Come on. Yeah, let's do all yeah, of it. Let, yeah, yeah. So, let me get you comfortable. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's nice to have that in, in a, a career that we're all that passionate about. I love If you I, don't find that, you're going to find that that person probably isn't that passionate about it. <laughs> yeah, because we're talking about, I was like, I fucking love tattooing. You know, because I know you thought the podcast, you're like, this is about to be a goddamn train on fire, dude. <laughs> like, we're oh, yeah, I don't know, man. You, yeah, you, a huge part of your your uh, tattoo image is saying all the shit that, like, we can't say this shit. You're not allowed to say that. Not unless, yeah. you know, behind closed doors. Because it's how tattoos stop. Yeah. <laughs> no, like in the room, like, you're not. Tattooers aren't allowed to talk to customers like that. You can't say that wild ass <laughs> shit. Customer, the best part is customers will look at that page and they'll be like, oh shit, I didn't know I did that. Oh shit, I didn't know I did that. And it's like, of course we fucking love tattooing. We want to tattoo you. But like, here's a soft, here's a gentle way without pointing a finger at anybody that you can pick up. And I hope, I hope tattooers pick up from it, you know? Because I don't say a lot of shit. That's the thing is I say a very minimal amount of stuff. And, um, you know, but I've had that page for like a year. So for the first 15 fucking years before that, I just love tattooing. That's how I know all mm-hmm. this. Absolutely. And a lot of people know it. That's, you know, and it, it seems to resonate. You know, everybody's like, yeah, yeah, fuck, that page is tight. You know, <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. You know, whether whether you see them active on it. Because there's a lot of people that are like, yeah, I just, I don't even have to follow it because people send them to me. I don't have That's to. That's actually, I just started following it, but I've been keeping up through all my friends. <laughs> you're like, hey, check this out. And you're like, you know, uh-huh. you're, hell yeah. yeah. But tattooing is one of the, I, I, you know, I'm sure there's other stuff, but tattooing is one of those things where you can go any, what other job can you go anywhere on earth? And you just are on the same plane. You're sorted. You understand. And everyone knows, you know, they know what you need. Here, here you go. But you can go to other countries. If you show up in Japan today and you're like, hey, guess what? I'm in Japan. There's a dude there. He's like, fucking, let me come get you. Let's fucking, mm-hmm. you know, no matter where you're at, generally. It's true. You know, and that's that's yeah, that's I've, so sick to me that it's like that. Even, you know, it tran, it, tran, it, it goes past, you know, language barriers. It goes, it goes, it goes past everything, you know, and I, I, I love that shit. I love that it's, you know, it's a very small world. Tattooing is a very extremely small world so you'll hear names over and over like i was that's what i was asking about ernie because like i don't i don't know that much about him i'd love to know well, about he's, a, him. he's a cool cat he's he's, just, he's been described as the coolest thing on two feet dude by, <laughs> by him and other people they said he's the coolest thing on two feet and does he can do you have a lot of his signs can you can i mean can you buy him or um but I've, I've actually i've got a few of his signs through the years um I'd like to see him start putting out a bunch more signs again. That'd be, that'd be we'd love to get one. That'd yeah. be great. Yeah, and I, don't be surprised. What he, everything he was saying yesterday, I'm pretty sure that uh, they're going to start showing up again. Dude, just start nailing them out. Yeah. Because I, I, I'm, I get into a groove, dude, and then I'll just do a fuckload of whatever I'm doing. If it's machines or painting or tattoos, you know, I'll get in a groove and I'll fucking start pumping them the fuck out. And you know, I hope he does that shit. You know, that'd be awesome. Whether he pumps them out or not, I just hope that he's doing some stuff that makes him happy. I couldn't, yeah. I want him to find that piece of being able to do the artwork that he's done. He was blessed with the ability to do this stuff. And that was, you know, that saved his whole life. You know, tattooing is one of those things that 
it's supposed to save your life. If it doesn't save your life, it's going to fucking ruin it. Yeah. So to have that taken away from you because of your health or something at some point in life, that's a really big, heavy fucking thing. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. I could I could never feel like, hey, you can't do any of this anymore. I, I, what the fuck is the point? What the, then? Why? Like, why? What the fuck am I supposed to do? This is this is my identity. That's the people are like, is your job your identity? And I was like, a thousand percent my identity. Yes, it's what my life revolves around. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you know, I I I don't know. I'm like, yeah. Like, does does tattoo make you the dude you are? Yeah, hundred percent. Because I've asked. I've had people ask, like a therapist, oh, well, is that, you know, being a therapist doesn't define me. I was like, you need to find some new shit then. <laughs> you need to find some shit that defines the fuck out of you because you don't really like it. You know, and I remember, I remember this my whole, I remember my whole life because I remember seeing him in space. My dentist, um, growing up, my mom had, you know, my mom had insurance. So, mm-hmm. or she had like, for a while, had this insurance and I would go see the same dentist my whole life, you know. And he even had like a little picture on the file of me, his little last kid, doing them all on the chair, you know? <laughs> and one day I was older, I was tattooing and I, and I was like, you know, he watched me go into tattooing, you know, I'd see him every now and then. And, and then one day he was like, yeah, you know, is tattooing a very good job? And I was like, I don't, I never even thought of it as a job yet. <laughs> I, this is what I do. I don't understand. Like, I don't, I don't know. Why the fuck would I think about that? It's sick as fuck. I do whatever I want all day. What do you mean? Is it a job? That's right. Who gives a fuck? What are the benefits? Fucking happiness. Sorry. It's a side effect and the benefit. Main benefit. And it takes a lot of work, but yeah. is it a job? And then I asked him, I was like, why did you become a dentist? He's like, oh, I don't know. And I was like, kill your goddamn self, dude. That is not good enough. Because I was like, I want to go to the dentist. I want to go to the dentist who's like, I fucking love dentistry, dude. Look at my collection of dentist shit. I fucking, here's old shit. Here's what dentists used to do. I fucking love My great grandpa was a dentist. I'm fucking into this. And I'm like, fuck yeah, that's the guy I want to go to. That dude loves dentistry. And there is a guy who does. There's a dude who fucking loves. There's a dude who loves whatever, whatever there is in the world. There's a dude who loves that shit. Like the movie, The Waterboy, people totally miss the point. That dude was basically a water version of a tattooer. He was like, I fucking love water, dude. This is it. Pinnacle for me, pinnacle and the end, dude. That's all I give a fuck about. And that's what he lived his life by. You know, but I've met, I love meeting people that that's like their thing for whatever it may be. And I'm, um, recently I found on Instagram the dude who he, he, his name's Whistling Diesel. And, you know, you know, Josh and I have like diesel trucks and like, we're fucking like, yeah, that's tight. We're into it. And this dude is the me version for diesels. And he just fucking has trucks. And he says whatever he wants. And he makes memes about people and he fucking talks shit to them. And he's fucking <laughs> riled them up. But you could tell you like, that dude loves that shit. Like that dude, for real. If this didn't exist, he'd still be driving a monster truck through a field somewhere. Because yeah, he's fucking, he'd, yeah, he'd still smell like diesel. Yeah, he'd still be a dirty piece of shit. He loves it. You know, and I was like, oh, man, you know. Cause I, and then being in a tattoo shop, um, the more I go into some shops, uh, you know, you walk in and like you could feel what the fuck is up. Like you walk in, you know, you feel the vibe. You're like, oh, this is a fucking, this is a fucking scab temple here. This is a tat mm-hmm. temple. I, mm-hmm. I like this. And you go into some places, and you're like, like if if you told me you sold haircuts, I'd believe your ass right now. If you told me you were a salon, I'd believe you. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And. I remember the first time I ever went into one and I was like, what the fuck? I thought it was like a salon that one guy did tattoos in the back. Cause I'd hear about that in Phoenix all the time. So I'd be like, it's an astrology shop, but Dave tattoos back there. And you're like, okay, 
cool, you know? And, but I love walking into it. Like I, Trader Bob's. Have you, I know you've probably been to Trader Bob's. I have not actually been to Trader Bob's. You, you need to take your car there. Okay. You to, I, I do, you're absolutely right. I do know that I need to go there as well. Yes. Just put all your stuff in the car, take it there. And then, <laughs> and then when you get out, dude, you're going to walk in and you'll be like, this smells like the ghosts of tats in here. Mm-hmm. It smells like several generations of tattooing. And they're like, hey, look at all our flash. It's just fucking plastered. And it's all original shit. And then one dude would be like, hey, let me show you everything in this whole building because you're tight. And it's like, you know, that immediate, like, because you would think if you yeah, mean, they know, like when you walk in somewhere like that, they know if you love it or not. Yeah. And if you love it, they want to share, man. Hell yeah. They're about it. I love doing that. I, I And speaking of Louisiana, I went to uh, Randy Moeller. So, I, well, I didn't, I didn't know. I would heard the name. I didn't know about him. And I went to Biloxi and they're like, we need to go meet the swamp wizard. And I was like, what? Like, we're going to meet the goddamn swamp wizard. So it's like late. It's like midnight. I was like, is he going to be up? They're like, yeah, he's going to be fucking doing shit. Does he walk in and, you know, walk into the shop and he's doing tat shit. And it's been, you know, he's drawing, he's doing this, he's doing that. And you start looking around the shop and you're like, damn, this dude has good taste. This fucking awesome shit. But you get that feeling immediately like this dude only cares about tats. He doesn't care about other stuff. Yeah, he's he's been a fucking beast from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, that's what, and that's what, and you and you'll hear his name like Jimmy was saying about him. He goes, you know, I was doing kind of some news. I was doing new school stuff. You know, he was doing it. You know, that dude's like Kevin Bacon. I hear about him all Mm -hmm. the time. You know, one day I'm gonna get him on here, but I think I'd probably I'm almost gonna have to go to Louisiana. I don't. I've never. I don't. I don't even think he has Instagram. You don't see him around. You know, so I might have to go down there. And see It'd be worse places to have to go. Right, 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 <laughs> dude. That's what I thought. They said they just moved the shop, and they had a uh, that that dude's collect. He's got some Greg Iron stuff. He's got you know tons of Sailor Jerry's. Got I mean, amazing original Flash. I fucking love that shit. Love seeing all that shit. And then uh, you said Ernie collected tons of stuff. Ernie collects everything. Every tattooing or not tattooing or not. He is a a very avid collector. You know how like everybody has like one most like precious, valuable collection piece. One favorite thing they have. Yeah. I think he collects those. Only those. (laughs) But he's got fucking miles of that. It's my favorite favorite one ever. Yeah. So he's currently been out there in Georgia, just going out and hustling the uh, antique shows and, he, he likes the Rolex watches and the gold and the, you know. the fancy stuff. Fuck yeah. The fancy stuff. Because I make fun of dudes with watches now, dude. But I, I remember seeing um, some of the older guys. I remember seeing a picture of one of them, dude. And they had a, for that time, for the 70s, that was a nice fucking watch, you know? And I was like, that dude was still, he was like, go get a cool gold chain, mm-hmm. you know? That's, I like seeing that shit. That shit's cool. And I like the, I like the, um, what 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 kind of flash was up in the the shop that you guys opened was it was it flash based or oh it was ab- it was absolutely a flash shop but all over the walls it was uh out in the lobby it was ton- tons of like JD Crow flash and uh we had some evil don and we you know <laughs> it was like it was uh real and then you come in the back and it was all like Dan Higgs and Scott Harrison, <laughs> like a bunch of a bunch of cool, and all like beautiful old vintage, lots of like old Al Kemp stuff, ABC Hank, um, and yeah, his his flash collection is 
and like just it'll blow your fucking mind. Like I, he just collects tons, he, like vintage flash that just blow your motherfucking mind. Dude, that's so good. You know who I saw? Uh, who I who shit I love, and I missed meeting him was Walt Daly. I miss because I see I've I see a lot of his flash online, and I seen his book right, and I wanted to go meet him because I was tattooing right there right in Idaho, and he, I don't you. You know, I don't think he was around or whatever. Or the, the connection didn't line up. But that dude did, you know, all the ideas you see now, I am starting to realize that every dude already did them fucking a while back. I love it when people mention Walt Daly. He is one of the unsung heroes of tattooing dude, at this point in time. fucking sick as and fuck. And when I, like, I'll mention to, like, real tattoo men, I'll be like, oh, oh, Walt Daly. And they'll be like, oh, oh, who's Walt Daly? And I just look at him, I'm like, oh, well, you've heard of Ed Hardy, right? And they're like, oh. Yeah, I'm like, oh, well, he knows who the fuck Ed date, who the fuck he is, so fuck. <laughs> yeah, he'll know. No, yeah, no, dude, his, even the stuff Walt Daly's doing now, you can find his, he's on Instagram, but he, even the stuff he's drawing now is fucking just as cut, cutting edges as, as it fucking was when you look at it. Because some of the Flash, I was like, what is this from now? And it's like 20 fucking years old. Like, he did the fucking, the spider web skull, it was the web and it had the skull, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is singly, maybe, I would have to get, if I got a tattoo from him, that's what I would get, is I would get that spiderweb skull. And I'd seen people doing it now, you know, and I was like. He's, he's retired tattooing at this point in time. That's what they say. Yeah, so he's that's retired. That's what they say. But he's still around that shop real often. I think, well, um, I, I think his son runs it. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, it's uh, Duffy Moon. Is that? And it's not his son, but uh, they've worked together forever and ever, so he was next man in line on the shop, and he. He bought it from Walt. I, I wonder. They said if you get him in the right mood or you you hang out or something, you you, you can maybe get him, you know, to do. Because I was I was like, I want to get tattooed by Ed Hardy. And they're like, well, he's done. I was like, how do you be? I don't know if I could, you know, may, maybe you be. I know Lyle Tuttle was still doing a little tat on you. We'll, we'll ask you in 25 years. See how we'll you see. feel about Maybe fu- I'll know exactly. <laughs> like, because I don't give a shit about tattooing you. I'd rather. Or at some point you'll just. Be like, oh, it's not fun for me anymore. I have to struggle. Or it's this or that. Or I can, I, I get it, but I also, I hear what you're saying. I'd, yeah. be, I'd be surprised if you can't, if you can't squeeze a tattoo out of somebody here or there just because they well, still love it. I was like, what it, about, because you know? I want to get tattooed. I, I want to meet J.D. Crow. I mean, I love, I love J.D. Crow's flesh. I love him. I was like, dude, that dude's, to me, I was like, dude, this dude has it fucking figured out. You know, those are, even his flash now, if you redrew it, or even kept it the same. Most of it, if you read just a little bit, covers every base you need to make a phenomenal, a phenomenal tattoo. And they're easy to tattoo. Hell yeah, they're super understandable. Yeah. And then they hold up like a tattoo. Yeah, they're they're awesome. <laughs> and I was like, and just the fact that he's just been just iron grip on the on the on the flash game for so long. You know, I was like, man, I fucking love it. I was like, I would like to get tattooed from him. Like he doesn't tattoo, and I was like, I mean, does he not tattoo at all? Or does he not tattoo for not a lot of money? You know, because even if I said, like, here's a bunch of money, I just want whatever tattoo or, you know, whatever. And then I'm, I thought the same thing you said. I wonder when I'm old, you know, if, if anybody does want a tattoo for me, would I, you know, would I still do it? Or would I be like, I don't give a shit. Someone's like, here's a bunch of money. I'm like, all right, I'll do it. Now I'll do it. You know, because that's the thing. I don't care how old you are with a tattoo or you love money. It doesn't, that transcends <laughs> all space and time. Still, I don't care if you quit. I don't care if you retire. I don't care if you're like, I'm out of the tattoo game. You're like, you want like $1,000 for a dog? He's like, yes, I do. <laughs> of course I fucking do. Come here. You know? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> Every tattooer, dude, it's fucking like, what do you love most about tattooing? Like, I love tattooing. What do you love second? Money. And then, like, third. What do you love for that? Like, it's a mix between gambling, women, drugs, and alcohol and all those things together. It's like a strongest rest of it. You know? But every tattoo dude is a hustler. Like Absolutely. You have, you, have, you have to be. And that's why I didn't understand my dentist asking me that. You know, like, what kind of job is that? What kind of business is that? And I was like, I don't, you, you make as much as you can. Always. And then you die. Hopefully naturally you know which i'm starting the older i get i'm starting to see is that's like a fucking roll the goddamn dice how you die but most i mean there's only you know i feel like a lot of tattooers don't die in their sleep because they're just real old and happy so (laughs) i I came to the conclusion a long time ago that just because you're a tattooer doesn't mean you're not going to die the same horrible death you're going to die otherwise yeah (laughs) like i think we're like a different species of human no sometimes i'm like that like I would never do that. Tattoo guy wouldn't do that. Then you start meeting more tattoo guys, and you're like, you're kind of pieces of shit. Like, oh, you were a little bit of a piece of shit. And then <laughs> you meet like four or five good ones out of your lifetime. You'll be like, there's four or five all right ones. But every dude has a different four or five, dude. So you might be like two people's good guys. I don't, I don't know. It's weird. But that's, I, I like that. And I like seeing dudes that get better as they get older. Back to Walt Bailey. Better. He was one he's, of dude, he's drawing shit right now. And I'm like, I get that fucking tattooed on my face. That's right. You know, you, one, of, ta- one of the highlights of my whole tattoo career has been painting the front of his shop. Oh, you painted it? Dude, yeah. Just tell me, yeah. Did you have a picture? Uh, it's on Instagram. I'll pull it up for you. Did you paint it recently? Uh, yeah, like last, last within a year. I think it's been under a year since I painted it. That's fucking awesome. That was, so that was a. A fucking great honor to be. Oh, it was a great honor to get to paint. You're like, story. fuck yeah, I'll paint the right. shit out Hell of that yeah. thing. Yeah, I'm gonna hook it all the way up. Let me see. Wait, is this this might just be the line work. Oh yeah, it's it's the next video. Do you do and that's, and that's from the inside. That's, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. So you painted. He's doing some of that stuff. He always does the tiger paws. So so cool. You said 18 feet long. It's an 18 foot window. That's an 18 foot tiger on the window. Probably like 17 and a half. That's fucking awesome. That's fucking awesome. Hell yeah. I would be excited to have that. I was I was excited to get to do that shit. It was fucking two night two nights of just huffing paint, man. Dude, perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's another that's a, that is another darker or you know, like another little vein of people, sign painters, man. They were just as much of gypsies, I felt like, as as, as the tattooers were. And I feel like those those two things you know, those two kinds of dudes intersect quite Absolutely. a bit. Not coming up under Ernie because he, he's the old sign painter, you know. He's the, he's the first one to come up with, if you don't belong, don't belong. And, Dude, uh, fuck yeah. Oh, man, it was fun. He's also a grumpy fucker when he wants to be. So hear, hearing him rant, all these fucking kids and they don't. <laughs> he said it? <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, they all think they fucking made that shit. Everybody's claiming this. Uh, <laughs> I love it, man. He's all literally made that. Yeah, okay? I made that. <laughs> but it gets lost, dude. It gets so lost. Because I like hearing stupid shit because tattooers love the telephone repeating game, you know? Instead oh, yeah. of asking. Or they'll talk about people like they're like dead. Like I've heard somebody say that. Like, man, if I if I could have met Walt Daly, I would have. I was like, he's fucking alive, That's man. That's right. I fucking call you him. Fucking, I got his fucking number in my you phone. Can if you want to give him a ring. Meet him. What do you mean? <laughs> There's a lot of people. There's 10 guys in your city right now 
that are old and tattoo. <laughs> there's not just all. There's not a city of just new guys somewhere. It's all there's a fucking old guy there. Yeah. The first time I actually met Walt, I'd been to his shop a couple times and missed him prior to actually meeting him. But the first time I met him was on the telephone, and some gal comes in with this little rose tattoo on her that looks just great, but it's been around for a long time. I'm like, oh, that's a cool rose. You got that a while back, and it's held up real nice. Who did that for you? She's like, oh, oh, Walt Daly out in Spokane. I'm like, oh, oh cool. Yeah, he's a good... And she's like, unfortunately, he passed away. Do you think I'm, he's dead? Yeah, so she she brought me the news that he'd passed away. And I'm like, oh, I don't... I think he's doing just fine. This was a good number of years ago, too. I'm like, I think he's okay. Hold on a second. That's news to me. I want to... I should know this. So I call up. I'm like, oh, so Walt there, he answers the phone. I'm like, oh, oh, Walt, this is Paco. He's like, oh, good. I still, next time you're in town, I'm like, oh, well, I'm calling today because I'd just gotten some some news that uh, you'd passed away. I just wanted to hurry up and call you because the lady here was like sad to, sad that she'd heard that. And he's like, oh, I got a little cold, but I'm just <laughs> fine. And she was real happy to hear you as well. <laughs> wow, okay, shit. <laughs> I used to meet in, uh, yeah, I've heard Ernie's name around Phoenix because there was a, there was a few, a few old tattoos. Dick Goldman was down in Phoenix for a long time and he had a blue dragon tattoo mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and that was around the corner from my house. So I'd always, I'd always seen that one, but there was an old biker dude named Cookie and his name, he would just, I, I never met him. I never, I, ne- I never met him. I never knew where he tattooed, but I knew he was out there and, I think it may have been like called the electric needle or, or something, but his name was cookie and he tattooed the shit out of everybody's mom and stuff. You know, you'd be like, where'd you, oh, I got this from, from cookie. And then there was another guy named like honey bear or something. That was the same kind of seemed to be the same kind of dude. And so I always hear about them and I'd never hear anything about it, but they were doing good tattoos. I would see him and I was like, God damn, that is really good. Even, even grown now, you'd see like a grateful dead bear. Like that's fucking good tattoo, you know? Yeah. And then, um, before Ernie Carafa died, I was I was talking to Ernie about stuff, and he's like, "Oh, I have one of these business cards for Phoenix if you want." Because I was like, "Do you have any from Phoenix?" You know, and he's like, "Yeah, I got this one from this guy tattoos by Cookie," and I was all fucking goddamn finally, dude. <laughs> Let me buy that shit. I I un- unfortunately he passed away before I could before you know could get it mailed. But I know it existed. I saw it. So last year is what it was a hard year for tattooers. Oh my god! I I I, I talked about that. You know, because um, I didn't. I always like to know. Like I'm asking you about people because that's the best way to understand. Like who is you know who who is that dude? You know because you because if it's just hearsay shit, you don't fucking know. You know, yeah. but like I want to hear stories about that dude because that'll give you like from people that know him. You know, and I didn't know a lot about Bill Salmon. I know he tattooed his fucking ass off. You know, I know he was awesome. I know he's the front cover of the Invisible Man book, you know. And I know he had that that, that big old tiger, and he was talking about um, no matter how many Japanese flowers or how many chrysanthemums or however many peonies you do or something, it's still like you're ever learning. And, you know, so I didn't, I didn't know a ton about him, but I posted that, and a lot of people were talking about how fucking cool he was. He right? was one of the one of the most genuinely wonderful people you could ever talk to. They say he was so nice. The first time I talked to him, I, I didn't realize who he was. I just bumped into him and I, I didn't realize who he was right off the bat. And we chatted and I kind of put it together and I was just, by the time I put it together, I was kind of almost taken back as to how just open and kind. And it was just like, 
oh, wow, I'm not just like, I just met this cool dude. But I like, I know who I know who he is and he wouldn't have to be cool like this. He wouldn't have to like his eyes would light up when he'd see somebody that he had a good conversation with, even though I was just like a little punk ass, nobody kid doing it. He was nice you know? as fuck to you. Yeah. And even then, like with him, I wasn't even standing with Ernie when I met him. So I didn't, I didn't like coattail in. It was, he just talked to the fucking dipshit apprentice kid with a few <laughs> shitty tattoos and was happy to talk to him. I'm like, fuck, really? <laughs> he was talking, you didn't, you're talking to him normal. You're like, yeah, wow. Like, a, like, yeah, just like a normal fucking wonderful human being. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that man, that it, it was. How how many people died this year? What what was because it, he passed, and then obviously Lyle passed, and then um, Ernie Carafa, Ernie Ernie Carafa, Bill Salmon, and then there was somebody Don Nolan. Yes, that's the. So people don't realize, like I'm like, yo, you know, just a fucking smooth twenty five percent of tattooing just fell off this year like you're not you're not really grasping that like yeah. how how important that, that was that the, all those it's big year that's a lot of people mm-hmm. you know those are dudes who have been around and contributed influence everything the way that we know it today yeah so you need to kind of recognize that shit like even even you know i know whatever's going on now or it's you know there's a cool joke page or or, or or what the fuck ever you know that's fucking huge. I was like, you're you, you're coming into a time right now where you're realizing that all the people that were the pillars of tattooing are going to start fading and, and you know they're going to start passing away. So that's not going to be there. And you're going to witness all of it. Mm-hmm. Like you're witnessing that whole generation is is gonna is gonna move on. You know, and um, so I mean, don't fuck it up. I mean, try that's to fuck true. it up, but. T- Tattooers, we haven't always been like the easiest living people either. So no, yeah, it doesn't help. Yeah, we're not helping we, it. We'll have a tendency to sometimes age in dog years. Fuck yeah, yeah. Because I'm thirty, and I think I'm forty five, dude. We're the same damn age. Yeah, yeah. I look terrible. I'm forty seven. Look at this head full of white. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> You're like I used to have a long black ponytail. <laughs> I used to look like Steven Seagal, but now this is me. Five months ago, dude. Or I like making those memes where it's the old dude, and it's like, oh, how long have you been tattooing? He's like, just five years, I'm 27. He's just all old. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. People need, I, I don't know what to say, but people got to realize that, that, you know, you you were at the cusp of watching that shit. Like, I know you, in your mind, you thought all these guys were just going to be around forever because they were around, you know? I never, I actually, I never had that, that d- delusion. <laughs> I always kind of, realize that everything was going to move the way that it's moving and it's just kind of wild to be there and watch watch it keep happening yeah oh and then eddie philadelphia eddie yeah that 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 was last year year. it just i don't um i don't know i guess i just don't i don't think about it so far in the future but somebody or and you know a guy that i respect a guy who's been tattooing a long time was like man you know how many of my friends um i've lost you know a lot of my friends you know and i'm like Holy shit. Like, I never even thought. He's like, they're not going to be here. That's what you don't understand. It's like, whatever you think is old tattooing isn't going to be here. You know, because I, I was like, I guess that had to have happened at some point, you know, in the 40s or 50s at, at some point. I I really, I wrapped my head around it when Sailor Moses passed. And that was years ago now. But I wrapped my head around the change, like, 
just how you know we all get we all get old and we lose our grandparents and our parents and yeah so why would it be any it's never going to be any different in any world it's just yeah. if you're paying attention to all of this this is something that we're all pretty passionate about and because of that there's a lot of influence that these people have over all of our lives yeah. so they wind up meaning something to all yeah, of us yeah hell yeah yeah because i thought that say i was like you know uh i remember calling him when uh, you know, I posted about Lyle and I was like, you know, I was talking to him on the internet maybe like a week before that, talking talking about bullshit because he was making fun of me. He goes, I was you before you were you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he was, all, I was the original tap man and I was all fucking hell yeah, you were. He was like, people wanted a picture of my, people wanted a picture of me with my shirt off, you know? And I was <laughs> like, hey, that's amazing. That's, that's awesome. But uh, I was like, man, that is insane how much, you know, how much effect that takes. Cause it's not like there's like a fucking log book where you're like, Hey, here's all the things that I know. Here you go. I was like <laughs> half 90% of everything, especially is just, just word of mouth or whatever, you know, for everything. And, um, you know, I hope I, in, in one hand, I hope it stays that way, you know, but like, if you're talking about like, um, like, I don't know that much about sailor Moses. I know, he was down around South. I know he's down through Biloxi and he was down through around that area of the world. Mm -hmm. um, and some people have some flash from him, but I don't, you know, I don't know a ton about him, but I know the people he's influenced a lot. Yeah. He, he was a huge influence. Did you, you met him? You... Um, I briefly once when I was like my first uh, convention out to New Orleans with Ernie that I, he was there and I'd cross paths with him. And then Ernie, Ernie knew him. Yeah. Ernie knew him. And then what, um, what, what about him? What was Sailor Mo like? What I like? I said I've never really like. When I say I got to meet him, it was like a quick yeah. I, but I mean just just general information about him. Um, I do, I don't have his story just off the you top know, of my head. I haven't heard it either. I've known people mm -hmm. that know him, but I've asked two or three people, and they're like, "Well, you know, he's doing tattoos here and there." I always hear he's good. You know, yeah. people are like, oh, he was good at it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, every everybody that I was around that I looked up to and wanted to be like, he was a god to them. So you're like, that's the dude. Yeah. So he was he was one of those dudes. And I was familiar with with his artwork and stuff. But I really know very little about him beyond that. That that was it. Yeah. I think I used to think that about uh, or before I kind of looked into Ed Hardy's stuff. And tattooing and, and kind of body work and things like that you know of course everybody like you've heard of the name and then you've seen the clothes and i know a lot of people were like all pissed about the clothes like oh he fucking did all this shit with clothes right and then after that i was like dude this guy was a bad motherfucker like way before a t-shirt absolutely this dude was a fucking this dude was a maniac way before a goddamn t-shirt that goes back to everybody should read the tattoo times <laughs> yeah and i was like this dude was ripping way before because i have some of his books i was like the rose morphs he was doing, mm -hmm. those are fucking out of hand. Those, those, those are, those are. If you tattooed it identically off that flash, it would be the coolest tattoo you've done in two weeks because it was, it's that fucking sick. Yeah, absolutely, you know. And um, I know a lot of people that don't, you know, the people I looked up to, they're like, yeah, Ed Hardy's a goddamn man, you know. And I was like, okay, you know. So that's that's the dude. Or you know, if you're talking to black and gray guys or anybody for that matter, you know, like yeah, Jack Rudy's the fucking man. And you look at still how good he draws and still tattoos. Because I have flash from his from the 80s. And I was like, man, he's been good for a fucking while, man. Yeah. He's been good for fucking Absolutely. ever. Jesus Christ. And then seeing uh, Freddie Negretti. That dude's getting better at tattooing. Fucking yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, man. That is, 
Because you'll see guys as they get older, sucks. I'm like, he's going the goddamn opposite. His tattoos are getting sicker by the goddamn day. That dude's amazing, you know? And, uh, you know, people don't realize he's been tattooing for fucking ever. He's been, they have that, what's that movie, The Tattoo Nation? Yep. You should, everyone should watch that. Yeah, that was, that's a great movie. That's Actually, awesome. I just watched that for the first time uh, about six months ago. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, and it, I was like, oh, why haven't I fucking thrown Holy. that on? I've, I've been wanting to watch this for ages. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. And then, you know, they have the Ed Hardy thing, the Sailor Jerry thing. Um, I, I fucking love Sailor Jerry, but a, a lot of people don't realize that there was a lot of people like Sailor Jerry also. You know, not a lot, but there's a few people. There's Joe Lieber who's yeah. like that. Absolutely, you know, and Joe Lieber. You look at you look at those those designs, line for line, so the same sheets that Sailor Jerry was doing. And I've always I knew that they were in touch, but I I'm pretty sure Joe Lieber was the most. Oh, there you go. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've seen that. That's, yeah, there it is. It's, so was he was he the one doing it first? I I believe so. And then Jerry was, was doing. I it? believe that he was. Just that little bit before Sailor Jerry. Okay. But if tattoo men who cared would send each other their designs. So what came first, the chicken or the egg? You're not going to know unless you were there. Yeah, but they were in touch. (laughs) They were in touch, yeah. Because I wonder what, um, you know, because, you know, there was a lot of people during that time that that were real, real fucking good. And then I went back and started looking at, or when they put out that Ben Corday book, I was like, this dude is fucking really goddamn Mm -hmm. good, dude. Holy shit. That was before tattoo machines. I was like, this dude was a ripper before they had electricity. So, you know, it's there, there's been a lot of stuff like that. And I went to the Lucky Museum, and he was talking about, um, God damn, I cannot, I, for, I, for, I forget who he was showing me, but it, it was amazing. It was, a, it was a dude who just tattooed for a while, but he was just one of those guys that just could go be a sign painter and be the best at that or do airbrush and be the best at that. He was just one of those guys that was so... There's going to be a George Burchett in the world somewhere. Yeah, just no matter yeah. what. Whatever he touched, it was going to be real good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the machine, the you know, the, the, the machine stuff, there was also that too because I'd seen... I, I always hear about the three-piece frame that people have kind of traced that back to Coleman. And there's... Yeah. You know... And, and Coleman's flash was amazing too. He had, oh, oh, beautiful. Oh, my God. And some of the toughest shit too. Some of the toughest tattoos you can get out of there, like that that one with the skull and the snake, dude, is so fucking cool. You know, so <laughs> tough. Um, hey, you got one like that, dude? Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. yeah <laughs> hell yeah, dude. So good. Um, do you? And a lot of people have said how much that that Coleman was was good at making you know machines, and that he was he was really really good. Coleman was Paul Rogers' mentor, so that so that's obvious. so there you go. And then <laughs> and then you see a lot of Paul Rogers stuff, and I've and I've you know I've, I've been to the museum and like I've touched someone. I was like, man, these are fucking nice. It's like they run super well. Like this mm-hmm. dude, you know, because it's not like hype. Like I feel like that you know Paul Rogers made some super nice shit yeah. all the time. He was a real smart dude. Yeah, he he really fucking loved it, and he was really fucking clever. You know, if we, if you were gonna buy a machine, who's the machine you're gonna buy a machine from? As far as old machines, just any or machine, any machine, any machine. Okay, it's gonna sound funny, but one of my very favorite machines are the old Mickey B machines. What is the difference between Mickey B and Mickey Sharp's? They're different people. How, do they just happen to have the same name? Yeah, I, I 
I don't know how it all goes together, but supposedly they'd worked together on some stuff at early on. And I don't know. I don't know the whole, like I've heard a lot of different things. So I'd be hesitant to even go down the path and go, Oh yeah, it was like this and like that and document it because it's always shifts. It's always just a little bit dodgy yeah. and shifts around. Were they, were they, was, was Mickey B American? No, over in England as, as two well. Of them. Yeah, and he was he was selling those machines for eighty bucks a pop, and those things would just work and work and work. They they were just just a just a just a working tool that you just. It was good and, out of the box. Yeah, you knew it was going to work in a sea of fancy high end machines. You look at it, and it kind of looks like just like a chromed piece of whatever. But you couldn't pry that out of somebody's hand. Nobody will let go of their Mickey B machine from back in the day. And was, if you get one, good luck finding one for under five hundred bucks or so. Because <laughs> he thought they don't make them anymore. You know, Mickey, there's there are Mickey B machines, um, but I don't think I don't know that he's making them. I believe he sold the company to somebody, and I don't. I can't. I'm not going to sit here and badmouth them at, at this point in time or endorse. I don't really. I okay. don't know what they're do- what they're like at this point in time. Because I I know Mickey Sharps, um, I know a lot of people who have old Mickey Sharps and they're fucking so good. The the Mickey Sharps like like it's a good running good machine and I've got ones that are fresh off the press now and they're it's you know they're they're not the same. I've seen some good. I've seen I've seen some bad, but I I didn't know because I had seen I'd heard those two like Mickey B and Mickey Sharps. I wasn't super sure of the difference. I didn't I didn't know. Um, and then I'd seen also, um, I had rebuilt a technical sharps once mm-hmm. and then somebody was like, they just fucking jacked that shit, you know, or it was like, there was like a debacle over it, you know? And I was like, I don't know much about it, but at some point somebody will, and I'll ask them. Yeah. And I'll say, Hey, what about that? So, you know, I, I love, I love those machines. I think, um, my favorite machines are the ones that are the most unassuming it's a normal fucking machine, and it works really good, and it doesn't let me down, and it doesn't, you know, it's not fancy. Because I've seen the, the opposite of people chasing real fancy machines, and it seems like all the dudes I thought were the best tattooers in the world have some old piece of shit Puma that looks like it was taped together with 25 other things, and it's the best machine in the whole room. Uh-huh. That's, yeah. that's that Mickey B machine. Is that, that yours? About. Just that's all one. dirty as fuck. It's... There, it, it, Ernie always swore by him and working next to him. And I borrow one once in a while, but I didn't even like, when I say borrow one once in a while, I tattooed with him a couple times and I'm like, Oh, I got to give it back or I'm not going to fucking give it back to you. Right. He's going to keep yeah. it. Yeah. And then beyond that, I've always really loved those national deluxes. <laughs> Dude, they're fancy. They're nice. They're no, nice. the national deluxe is just, it, that's the Jonesy one. That's not so fancy. Is it the one that's not Chrome? Oh uh, yeah, I think they come in chrome that's, or that's fancy to me. Yeah, or <laughs> or brass. I had had a uh, the set I have when I got them. They one was uh, lime green and one was fluorescent orange. Oh, they, when they made them ones, yeah, they powder coated a couple yeah. of those those brass frames. Hell then, yeah! So I I soaked it and <laughs> I soaked it until I could get that shit off. You're of like, it. can you make that fuck off? <laughs> Let me take it apart. And make that pink fuck right off. <laughs> yeah. He like I want to look like a, I want to look like a goddamn ship anchor. I'm fucking tired of this. Well, what's funny is now I look back and I'm like, that was probably a mistake because those were like powder coated 1980s. It was probably mash. the best powder coat, right? It was, it was just fucking tacky. It would be cool now. Everybody's bringing back the neon 80s shit. Hell yeah. 
It goes in cycles. It goes, yeah. it goes in cycles. Because I remember seeing the first time I ever saw a machine with dimes and shit all over it. Mm-hmm. You know, like like a, a rollomatic. Like a yeah. And I was like, why is there a bunch of dimes on there? Does that help it work better? What's going on? You know, and people are like, sometimes you just do shit to look cool. <laughs> I was like, oh, I thought everything on a machine was aerospace engineered <laughs> to make you do a better tattoo. <laughs> and now when I'm making machines, I'm like, might as well just. Braze a fucking nickel of this, you know? Like, like what's going to happen? Nothing. My, one of my favorite machine alterations I'd ever seen, I came into the shop one morning, and I just uh, given my buddy Jay this machine, and I come in, and it just sounds horrible. I'm like, oh, what happened? And I'm like, oh, I, and he's like, oh, it's good. And I look at it, and he'd, on the binding post, he'd extended the, the end up, the, the exposed side of the frame he made it to where he could have one floating loose washer where it just rattled and made the whole thing sound like garbage yet it was a perfectly good running machine but he put one loose washer on there that just made the whole thing sound like it was just going to blow right to pieces but then you pick and you, you t- you'd touch that stop rattling it perfect smooth beautiful it's just like oh oh you just, that's like putting cards in your spokes yeah hell yeah <laughs> put some wrap in it uh-huh. you know I'll, I don't know. I know I'll run machines. And I'm like, oh, it doesn't sound beautiful, but it works good. It works beautiful, you know? And I'm like, because I feel like when you're, especially nowadays, people are judging a machine. Like I said, I always thought the best ones were the dirtiest piece of shit machine. That was the best one, you know? And what are, so I had seen Scott Sterling made a video, and Scott Sterling's like, you know, if people sell machines, he goes, you know what machine I want? I want the one that's been used for 40 goddamn years every day because you know that one fucking works, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, hell yeah. I don't think it works like cars where they get shittier the older they get. I feel like it kind of goes opposite, at least to me. It, it always went opposite. So especially if I could buy a machine. I tried to, the hard thing is you could buy old machines, but it's like somebody didn't want it. But to buy like people's daily drivers, because I, I know guys that have like, uh, Eric Inkland has like Frank Lee's daily driver. It was Frank Lee's machine he used every goddamn day. When you run that, you're like, this is different. This is mm-hmm. a lot different. This was a loved machine. This was a machine that a dude did not want to give away or sell. So it's fucking beautiful. You know? And I know a couple of guys have a bunch of them. I know one dude who has like four or five from a bunch of different people that like, you know, they use that machine for 20 years and then kind of got a new one or, or something like that. I love seeing those ones. Like, what are the ones you use every goddamn day? It'd be a lot different. That's mm-hmm. I was asking you. What do you use? And you're like, these two. And I was like, that's what I'm going to get then. <laughs> <laughs> Those are probably the best ones. Those are the ones I'm getting the good ones. Honestly, I've just always been a sucker for brass. I like it. So it really just comes down to that. The first time I ever did a tattoo that I thought was really fucking tidy and got compliments immediately from a man who didn't give compliments. <laughs> You're wrong. Yes. Yeah. So a brass machine is just the sound and feel of a good tattoo to me. So that's, so I've just been partial to it. I'll always just, just reach like for that. It. Cause you, cause you said that you said you going back to even those Jonesies. You're like, yeah, I wanted them brass. I like yeah, them brass. Yeah. Keep going. Well, those were the machines. I did my first decent. Yeah. Tattoo yeah. You know what? I think I did a bunch of decent tattoos prior to that, but those were the, they turned every fucking thing around for me. They, you realize yeah, you saw my mind was fucking blown. You're like, I can't, can't not do a tattoo without this. Don't burn my hand. <laughs> wow, <laughs> dude, I like he's seeing him realize those moments, or like doing one fucking line that finally works. Like after doing a whole tattoo, and you do one line that's black, you're like, yes, yes, 
ass. Like, you feel it? <laughs> it's vivid to me. It's vivid to me of being that young and fucking... Tat young, dude. Tat, tat young, dude. I also remember the first time fucking up a tattoo. That's my favorite. I could have died that fucking day. Like, my heart dude, almost... you just said it and I got sick to my stomach. Yeah, you were all, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> or the first time doing a... Doing a name, dude, and realizing halfway through it's misspelled, but they don't realize yet, and you're just in another dimension, dude. Like your vision's all. <laughs> you're just like, what the fuck do I do? You know, you're like, do I fix it? Like, you know, I wasn't brave. I, I was, I tried to be brave, and I tried to like fix it, you know, with some lettering or whatever. Later, now, now it's like, whatever. I'm not gonna snitch on myself. I'm fixing this. <laughs> You know, which doesn't happen all that often. But the first time, holy fucking shit. I, that must have been, I feel like that's the same, you know, when they're on the, like the Apollo thing and they're like, hey, there's no more fuel. Like that same feeling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the feeling. Yeah. So we're going to die? And so like, like, there's a chance you can make it. And you're like, whole shot, we're going in. <laughs> like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I've, yeah, I've been telling people for a long time, that's the difference between a professional and an amateur. An amateur will make a mistake and just stay there until it's a fucking disaster. And a professional will just keep going. You'll never see it at the end of the tattoo. He didn't fucking sweat a drop. Never. <laughs> because I've done that. Just fix it. What do you think? I hooked the letters up for you. And they're like, oh, I love them. Is that borderline old English mixed with cursive? You're like, yep. That's exactly what that yeah, is. A little hard to read. <laughs> What's it called, right? <laughs> It'll get better as time. Come in. If you need to touch up, let me know. There you go. But I've seen a dude snitch on himself, and that was fucking... Because I've never seen somebody get told that it... Because that's everyone's nightmare, mm-hmm. you know? And the guy messed up, he goes, Hey, I got, I got to tell you something. I got to be up front with you. I I think I misspelled something, and and, and we got to fix it, dude. And they, and I, even watching it, I was like, never. Nope. Because <laughs> that guy was like, what the fuck? Like, you fucking... The opposite of mm-hmm. understanding, you know, obviously. Yeah. You know? I've been lucky enough that... uh most of the mistakes that I've made over the last number of years, I'd done enough homework ahead of time that uh, it wasn't my mistake. It's like they decide to move, and I'm like, oh, whoa, don't do that anymore. So I don't you mind those. F- and then, oh, I was doing that actually on this gal, great gal, and uh, tons of tattoos, really good at getting tattooed. And I'm doing this big gypsy skull thing on her shoulder, and right at the very front of the front tooth, she gets super comfortable and moves. <gasps> And leaves just like one little, eh, and I get, I got back out of her quick, but there was still just like one little eh, right there. I'm like, oh, and she looked at me right when she did it. She's like, what did I just do? I'm like, oh, you did that. She was like, what are we going to do? I'm like, oh, don't you worry. You just watch, finish the tooth. And I go, whack, whack, whack. And I put a bunch of dots all around it. And now there's a dot that touches the tooth. Yeah, there you and go. It's fine. But like, I can live with those. <laughs> Dude, you know what I can't live with is trying to do these arrows nowadays. You're like going, they're like. Sorry, it just tickles, and you're all trying to fucking. That was the only walking I've ever done. So I, fuck goddamn, goddamn fucking nightmare, dude. Sometimes. And the other dude gave me a needle, dude, and I pulled the first line. It was four times thicker than I thought it was gonna be because I just trusted him blindly, and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> and she didn't speak English either, so she was all, "Hi." And I was like, "Yeah, that's how I feel too." In it's my like when. <laughs> When you do a line you think it's going to be perfect, you wipe it, it's just red. And you're just like, oh, fuck my life. Dude, it's going to be one of these days. One of these boys. Well, um, I appreciate you coming by or 
you know, here I'm I'm no, glad you're here. I appreciate the warm welcome. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, here. yeah. I thought they were full shit when they called me. <laughs> I, like, I really thought they were fucking lying to me. I was like, why would that dude ever be here in Oklahoma? No one comes to Oklahoma. What's the best way for people to get a hold of you if they want a machine or call me? Call you on the phone. Call me on the phone or text me. Or you can get a hold of me through. I'm easy to get a hold of. I've got a website. I've got an Instagram. I got a Facebook. And people can just order a machine. Yeah. Okay. And, but you ultimately you still have to call me because I only sell to tattooers. So you want to talk to them? Yeah. And if you're not like if I was a plumber and you were a plumber and I talked to you on the phone across the country, I'd know you were a plumber. You, I don't care if you have. I don't care if I'm talking to you and you're going by your fucking alias because you're running from the law. If you're a tattoo man, I'll, I'll know. know you on the telephone. You know. <laughs> You'd be like, you got any uh, liner shaders? And you're all, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So, uh, but they can go on Instagram. They can find you. They can give you a call, whatever. Absolutely. And they can get, get some machines from you. Are you the only person to sell it? You're the only way to get your machines is through you? Pretty much. I've, I'll, I've worked with... Uh, some different suppliers through the years, but anybody like who would have them out there right now would be just by fluke. It would be like there's a couple small distributors that I've that I still okay. sell a couple machines to, but they're like you know local guys that'll okay. go around a town. But yeah, it's pretty much it's just through me at this point in time. I've okay. been doing my own distribution Perfect. for a long time. Perfect. Well, I appreciate it, man. Likewise. Okay. Thanks for having me out. <laughs>